live from the Dub Talk stage in Hollywood, Florida. Please welcome Jamal. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here on the stage. It meets everything, everywhere, all at once. You know, for the last eight years, the 280 plus episodes, we've had many discussions about the latest, greatest anime. Holy shit, it's been that long? Wow. We've laughed, we've cried, we've loved, we've laughed. For our long time listeners, thank you so much for putting up with our antics for so long. For those that are new to this podcast, or to the W's in general, there are three things to know about us. First, there may be language and content that is not suitable for younger audiences, so listener discretion is advised. Second, there can and will be spoilers for anime that are being awarded in this year's broadcast of the W Awards, so be very, and I mean very, careful if there's a show you haven't watched yet, or are inclined to watch as a result. And finally, the views and opinions expressed to those the OGs and the auxiliary hosts involved in the making of this podcast. While they vary, it is not reflective of the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Please be respectful if your favorite dub, show, or voice actor wasn't picked. The unbearable weight of massive talent is so enormous, it makes it extremely impossible to notice them, senpai. But take solace in knowing that no matter what happens in life, anime and the cast and crew that dubbed them will be here for us and the podcast will be there for them. And with that, I present to you the original GOATS as we kick off the 2022 W Awards. Welcome to the 2022 W Awards, the award show where Dub Talk hosts gather together and give out awards for their favorite English dubs in the past year. My name is Stephanie, and of course, I am joined, as always, by my fellow OG hosts, Hardy and Megan. Howdy. I don't have another human being in my room. Okay, I think we'll believe you, but that's fine. She um, does have a human being in her room. Shut up, other human being the f- in the room. There's no. I mean, uh, yo, the wind. It's really windy in this tunnel. Shh. Are we? <laughs> I think you're breaking you up. In a tunnel. Yeah, I'm in a. I'm in a tunnel. Uh, there's a car that's going really, really fast in here. Uh, there's a weird mangaka that keeps. Get off the road! There's a weird, there's a weird mangaka in a cave. Um, You're recording this from your car. What are you fucking doing? Uh, uh, getting bitches. <laughs> Fuck bitches. Get she money. did get a bitch. <laughs> there, 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 there are no. I feel bonita. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. The joke has gone on long enough. So, um, as ever, if you this is your first time here listening to the W Awards, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, but if you are a long time listener, you might know that, especially in the past few years, we had another person uh, join us reading off the um, 
winners for the other hosts uh, W Awards. And usually that is Andrew. Tonight that is not the case because Andrew has been doing it for so fucking long we decided to fire him. Uh, no, not really. He, um, he decided to step out this year. Uh, no, uh, uh, so we I were... actually think that he was kidnapped by your cat who likes to, you know, steal pants. That part is also true. Ash does love to steal Andrew's pants like pretty fucking often. <laughs> that part is true. Um, but anyways, so... We uh, we employed the help uh, this year from somebody else, and weirdly enough, the timing actually worked out wonderfully, uh, because the first time Andrew was our surrogate host, uh, he and I happened to be in the same room. Uh, this year, so a certain somebody gets is in the same room as another certain somebody who's currently in this call. Uh, so <laughs> everybody, welcome on in Patrick this year. Hello, hello, yay! He is. He is, as Hardy implied when we attempted to record this the first time, uh, f- the fresh meat. <laughs> I like his meat. Uh, hey God damn it. <laughs> uh, it's a finely oh, aged boy. sausage. <laughs> Did it age like a fine wine? I like how you're not No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I like the awkward silence. You must be. Uh, <laughs> you, I'm sorry, you're not old enough for that answer. <laughs> Bitch, I'm older than you. You're not old enough for that answer. God damn it. Anyway. Um, anyways, we're going to move on from that weird ass conversation because if that's any indication, ladies and gentlemen, of how the conversation tonight is going to be, um, I hope y'all ready for the long haul. Especially Patrick, because this, again, since this is the first time he's doing the W Wars with us, bitch, I hope you're ready for the long haul. <laughs> ah, don't worry. I stocked up on plenty of stupid bitch juice. <laughs> AKA monsters. <laughs> oh boy. I, I have. He's, this is Patrick. Off. He's 99% dumb bitch, 1% hot ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You're at least 5% hot ass. <laughs> The other ninety five percent is adorable teddy bear. So basically, Aww. so basically, you're Pooh Bear with a dumpy. <laughs> also, ladies and gentlemen, if you think you're gonna miss uh, Andrew and I potentially flirting with each other during the W Wars tonight, we have the quota being filled by the another resident Dub Talk couple. So we're good. We've covered our bases. We try. <laughs> we try. All of my um, dumb bitch any- goes to my tits. <laughs> Anyways, before we get you out of hand, bag of more dumb if bitch this candy. is y'all's, <laughs> if this is y'all's first time listening to the W Wars, I'm sorry. This one is a, is our yearly long haul where we t- where we gush about English dubs and shit. <laughs> um, so if you're here for the long haul, God bless you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought this was a podcast celebrating the Golden State Warriors. Well. I'll, I'll take Golden State Warriors over because let's be real. I have to make this joke. I'm obligated to make this fucking joke. Um, let's be real. I'll take Golden State Warriors over our Lord and Savior Gritty any fucking day. Uh, Steph, that was a test and you failed. I am contractually obligated to make a I don't like Gritty joke <laughs> during the W Awards. One day so you're going like to push another up. human being out of you and it's going to have long orange hair and its eyes will be googly. <laughs> And it will call you mommy. (laughs) 
Um, okay. I don't know where the orange hair... I don't know, genetically speaking, where the orange hair would come from, but okay. Uh, Nature, <laughs> anyways. Uh, finds a way. <laughs> One way or another. Um... Anyways, so W Awards. Let's get back to that nonsense. So yes, every year, uh, Dub Talk has our own award show where we select what we, all of our different hosts, uh, believe to be what their favorites from English dubs in the past year. Um, we do have some rules uh, when it comes to picking um, our winners, though. Because let's face it, if we don't have rules, it will turn into chaos. And as much as I love chaos, I'd rather not go into complete anarchy some nights. Damn it, what uh, am I going to do with all these fucking emeralds? I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> you um, mean the chaos emeralds? You could <laughs> I w my brain was about to make a Zelda joke, and you could just hide those emeralds in some pots. But that would also be bad, because someone, some punk-ass kid will come along and steal them. I'd break your pots, nonetheless. Eh, don't mm -hmm. worry. We'll give him to Knuckles. Property he doesn't chuckle. <laughs> Property damage and theft. Anyway, um, brief rundown of our rules and qualifications for the W Awards. Um, so, the English dubs have to have premiered between October 1st of 2021 and September 30th of 2022. So, before y'all ask, no, Chainsaw Man does not fucking qualify this year. No, My Hero Season 6 does not fucking qualify this year. Come back next year. Um... Sequels, prequels, and reboots do qualify. However, hosts cannot award a show or performance for two consecutive years. Um, an example of this would be the past like three years where Megan had to give was giving fruits fat the new fruits basket different fucking awards because she couldn't give them the same one every fucking year. I tried. <laughs> Essentially. You tried. Um the OG hosts, as in myself, Hardy, and Megan, we are allowed to have two winners per category. The remaining hosts, including Patrick, only can have one. Uh, and in terms of, because there are some circumstances for English dubs um, that are in weird circumstances than others, um, there are two films, actually, from last year, I mean, from two years ago, sorry, uh, that did get an exception and do qualify for awards this year. Those being Josie and the Tiger and the Fish and the Knights of Sidonia movie. I don't know the whole title. Something woven in the stars. Something like that. And for this year, there are four... Uh, four... I want to say they're all films, but they I don't are. know about one of them. Okay, there are four films that are getting exception... Uh, this year and will qualify for next year's W Awards. Those being Goodbye Don Gleese, Superhero, One Piece Film Red, and The Deer King. So those will not be eligible for the 2022 awards. They will be eligible for next year. A nine times out of ten, it's usually the determination is usually made uh, because of wider ac public access to these films. Usually it's films nine times out of ten that have this issue. Uh, more than series, um, but looking there at are you, films from the past year that there are some films from the past year that did qualify, and you might see some of those tonight. Um, Look at anyway. you, Sentai, who started a bunch of shows like literally a day before everything, the nominations ended. Fucking hell, Sentai! Uh, Andrew was tormented by that. By the way, <laughs> Andrew's computer uh, set itself on fire. Yep, on that day, Andrew's computer set itself on fire. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, with that out of the way, 
Uh, I think we are ready to just straight on dive right into the awards. Are y'all ready for this? Let's yes. do it. Steph, did you? I, I was waiting for that. <laughs> yes, Megan, what were you wanting to say? I was going to say, Steph, I thought you brought another special guest with us this year. Are you referring to my cat? No, I was talking about the other rounder friend. Rounder friend? What? The wheel. Oh! Oh! That's what you read. I was like, rounder friend? The fuck you talking about? Oh, yeah. So sometimes when we do the Debbie Awards, we don't know what fucking order people are going to go in. You know what? Do we want to go pure chaos with the wheel and put Patrick as a fourth option? Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, Let's boy. fucking go. <laughs> We're gonna make so we did this a couple years ago. I don't believe we did this last year. Um we did this I think the first time two years ago. We had the wheel decide figure out um the order of who was going to be uh giving their shit first. So we decided to enact the wheel decide again. And now this time to pu have pure fucking chaos, we'll add Patrick to the wheel. Because last time it was just the OGs. So, okay, okay, so I have one other thing. At some point during yes. the show, Patrick and I might utter a very cursed phrase. <laughs> Great. Um, hold on a second. Okay. Are you trying to look up your cursed phrase? No, I know what it is. I'm not telling you to it though. Okay. Um If you While put that it up. if you put that in the comments at some point, we will put the names of those commenters into a little random bot. And if you and if you come up, you will get to give the wheel an official name for next year. Oh my god. <laughs> Cuz I feel like just Can calling I feel like calling it the wheel is like degrading to our like fifth co-host. Okay, we, we you want to name the wheel is what you're saying. Absolutely, it is a member of the team. Okay, okay, all right, we'll do that. That's fine. We'll 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 have a little little contest to see who wants to name the wheel next time. <laughs> so y'all, if you hear the cursed secret phrase that I have no idea what the fuck it is right now, um, y'all can pick the name of the wheel in the name of the wheel in the comments for next year. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Let's start with, we're gonna, we gotta dive right into this, or we're here all night, but usually that's the case anyway. Um, so let's start things off with our first award of the year. Uh, that being the Underrated Performance Award, uh, for those performances that we thought just kind of slid under the radar, but still stood out very wonderfully in our minds. Let's see what the wheel selects first for us. Who's going first? Y'all are not going to be able to hear the wheel, unfortunately. Let's see. I'm in control of the wheel, FYI. So, um, you are the wheel master. It looks, I is wheel master. Looks like the first person is going to be... It's Hardy. Oh, Hardy, boy. will you give us your award winners for underrated performance, please? I would be absolutely honored. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've watched our previous award shows in the past, the underrated performance is where I usually set aside for Hollywood celebrities in anime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because most, if you go back and watch Ghibli films, Hollywood celebs are man mainly not known for their good performances. They're just there in to draw money. 
but there are select mm-hmm. few that I like to use the phrase are forever invited to the barbecue. We have okay. actors like Mark Hamill, actors like Patrick Stewart, um, uh, Ron Perlman. These are Hollywood actors yeah. who also heavily respect the voice acting community in general. Um, and although this isn't, this does not qualify because this was prelay. I have to give an honorable mention to everybody's favorite sexy echidna, Idris Elba. <clears throat> but there is one other actor who is forever invited to the barbecue, and that is Giancarlo mm-hmm. Esposito um, for mm. his performance as in Cyberpunk Edge Runners. He has just this naturally imposing, very demanding voice that just grabs your attention. And uh, then this actually wasn't his first anime. He was in MFK's, MFKZ, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't say the real name. Okay. Ma- I can't say the name of the movie out loud. But, but yeah, that's where, I'm putting, that's where I'm putting him here for my celebrity nomination. However, there is one up-and-coming actor who has mm-hmm. very few roles to their name. And even though they pay... they work for basically kibble this actor took this role sunk their claws deep into it oh my performed god I feel an like I know this is about to go absolutely perfect performance god damn it fuck who is it who it's is it which one moxie from tribe nine <laughs> yay <laughs> yay moxie yay moxie yes where you're giving a w award to a cat and we hope that we, yeah. see, we hope that she her um her career expands well into the future. <laughs> you know what God, we need to I do now. I've been wanting what? to do we that for the past year. We need to make a W year. out of like carpet fiber. So oh. Moxie can use it as a scratching post. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. A catnip dubby. Oh, that's so cute. I love that. All right, wheel the side. If it'll cooperate for me. Wheel of Morality. Turn, oh, turn, hold turn. On. Tell us the lesson that we shall learn. Oh, the wheel to side is slower than shit on my browser. We're going to do this. Hold on. Ooh, looks like it's going to be Megan next. Who are your winners for uh, underrated performance? So my first winner for underrated performance is going to be Miss Christy. I slurred my words as I was saying it. Uh, my, Don't, we're not drunk tonight. Don't start early. I'm sorry. Don't start early, boys. No, I'm I'm drinking my dumb, trademark dumb bitch juice. It's because I was I was I'm eating Reese's pieces to keep my sugar up, and I was right. swallowing it as you called for me. So it's like, bleh. okay. I almost just spat out my coffee when you did that. Goddamn. So my first (laughs) underrated performance goes to Christy Rothrock uh, for her performance as Conan in Love Live Superstar. Um, Mm. Anybody who knows me, I fucking love Love Live. Um, But Christy sold me immediately on her her Conan. She was able to hit all of the emotions that the character goes through. She was able to get both her insecurities about not being able to sing in front of a crowd and her growth down. Um, I know this was kind of Christy between 
Dragon Maid and a couple of other shows this season, this year, this was Christie's really big breakout year. And I just think that a lot of people might have passed over Love Live Sunshine, Superstar, Superstar, not Sunshine, because it is Love Live. That was years ago. Listen, there's it's it has an isekai spinoff next season, so it's back, baby. Um, oh shit. Uh, so know. I'm super looking forward to when season two drops for Superstar, and my other winner for underrated performance has to be Don Bennett for Reiko in Super Cub. Super Cub, I think overall was a very overlooked dub in perform like series, and Don was my favorite performance out of the whole show, actually. Um, she was able to capture Reiko's feisty personality as well as just the mountain episode. Like, if you've never seen Super Cub, one, please watch Super Cub. Two, watch the episode focused on her summer vacation. It is absolutely breathtaking work from Dawn, and I really hope that more people uh, get out there and see it. Okay. We'll decide. Who's next? Me or you, Patrick? Let's see. Chaos ensues. Hey! Oh boy. Uh, get your, um, settle in for a few minutes. Uh, Patrick, you're next with all the host choices. Okay. <clears throat> One sec. So. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through everybody else's first and then do mine. But just also don't forget Gigi's message, basically blanket message at the beginning when you get to her. Sure. Note. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do that now. So we do have a message from Gigi. Mm-hmm. What's happening, Dub Talk fam? It's your girl, Gigi. I hate to be the perpetual person who's late to the party. JK, Gigi time is always 20 minutes late. Uh, but due to too much adulting, I will once again have to give my comments for all my Debbie winners in tweets when they are released into the wild. My utmost respect for everyone in the dubbing industry. You guys do so much work and get thrown under so much garbage. Oh, and get so much garbage thrown your way sometimes. Um, I really hope that these awards bring bright spots to your days. Uh, know you are loved and appreciated, and thanks for all that you do. Love your faces. Gigi. Yeah. Yes, Gigi. I think that pretty much sums up probably general thoughts but hey <laughs> all right now everybody's now what are the other hosts say for their winners for underrated performance all right and i'm gonna start with the people who didn't have comments included okay uh so starting with gg we have kylie mcneil as bell in Ooh. bell uh so we're gonna go next to jackson with the hit I'm sorry. Um, the winner is John Gramillion from the Hey K story. Ooh, and he had this to say. I found John's portrayal of the only man able to see tragedy coming and being unable to prevent it extremely compelling. A very easy, easy performance to overlook is this very Japanese historical retelling. Jamal. Uh, we have Michelle Marie for Talentless Nana. Uh, Michelle plays her first lead Nana with a duality all her own. An upbeat, enthusiastic go-getter and the haughty but firm, God, these people are so dumb attitude, to paraphrase her own words. Um, all that and the right amount of dramatic tension makes her performance a delight to watch. Uh, so we have Amon. 
Um, and his winner for underrated performance is Jackie Lastra as Koguma in Super Cup. Uh, anyone who can find that many ways to say blank is always fun when I have my cub without it getting annoying <laughs> deserves some kind of award. So here it is. <laughs> and next up we have Andrew. And his winner is Lizzie Freeman for Like Horse Recoil. Like Horse Recoil made a huge splash among anime fans, but I feel like its dub was overlooked. Which is a shame, because I absolutely think Lizzie as Chisato is one of her absolute best performances. Cute, silly, and cool gunslinger all in one package. Absolutely adore her work as Vash the Lesbian Stampede. Fuck! What's Gee. bad is I can see it, because I watched half of Licorice Recoil. And now we have Jet. And his dubby goes to Joe Daniels for his performance in Ya Boy Kong Ming as Kong Ming. Uh, Joe Daniels has sounded different in each new thing I've heard him in, and this is no exception. He does a very good job of making Kong Ming sound poised and proper with plenty of wisdom to spare while also making him come off like the kind of guy you'd love to hang out with. Uh, which now comes to my own dubby. And um, surprise, surprise, I'm also giving it to Joe Daniels. Um, Kong Ming is this... He is this absolutely bright, upbeat character. Um, he encourages everyone he meets. Um, the reason he is down here in my underrated performance is while the show got some hype behind it in the winter season of last year, um, I'm kind of afraid the dub is going to get swept under the rug just because of how long it took to come out. Mm. So, Jonah Daniels is an absolute delight. Um, and I want to give more attention to the fact that this show actually got a dub. Alright. Nice. I guess that leaves me. This mm -hmm. feels weird. Unless you had more to say. I'm sorry, I might have interrupted you. Uh, no, no, you're all set. Okay, so this leaves me and my winners for Underrated Performance Award. Um, so... I usually... I, I, I don't usually do, like, a gold and silver. I know I did it last year, but I don't... I didn't, I, I didn't really have the time to do a, a gold and silver pick. So they're both winners in my eyes. Um, so for my underrated, underrated performance award, the two... My two winners... Um, I selected these two because they are very interesting cases of having some sort of... I guess for lack of better phrasing, handicap when it comes to their performances, which kind of can make the role the the roles themselves a bit more difficult to perform to an extent. Um, but in the end, those disadvantages that the characters they portray have, I think, came worked a lot into their benefit. So I'm going to give my underrated performance awards to. Emily Fajardo as Boji from Ranking of Kings, and Amberly Connors as Comey in Comey Can't Communicate. Uh, Emily Fajardo as Boji is obviously, um, Boji is deaf. He can't hear things. And Emily's portrayal of Boji as a deaf character was very honest. Um, 
very conscientious uh, and making it very real uh, and coming off. But also, Boji as a character himself, he's not defined by his disability. Boji is defined by his strength of his heart uh, and the actions that he get, that he does throughout the course of the show. Um, and I think it's just a tour de force performance from Emily Fajardo because of that. As for Amberly Connors and Comey, uh, Comey has a social disorder. Uh, she is not very good at talking to people. She wants to be, she wants to, her dream is to have a hundred friends. And um, she recruits Tadano to help her with that. And Amber actually told Andrew and I when we met her at Kineticon that she did also suffer from um, a social disorder as well, like a social anxiety disorder. So to her, Comey has a very special place in her heart because of this. And it shows. It, it very much shows mm -hmm. in this show. Uh, so I have to give kudos to two roles that are just phenomenal in their own right because of the disability and the, and the curve that these characters have and they're able to bring honest um, portrayals and also honest portrayals and just elevate them uh, phenomenally. So Emily and Amber, I salute you both. All right. So our next award of the evening is going to be for a voice actor to watch. Uh, this is the award where we give to uh, actors who we think should be on your radar in the near future. So, gonna spin this wheel. Let's see who's gonna go first this time. It is going to be... It's gonna be Hardy again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, spin it again. Chaos Sam. bowl. Chaos bowl. Okay. Do you want me to do you want me to spin it again? No, I'm good. We need to we need to okay, know, go ahead. pick up our pace. Okay, go um, ahead. My first actress to watch is going to be Risa May uh, for a couple of mm. roles. Uh, Futaba in My Senpai is Annoying and as Sejuna in My Dress Up Darling. Uh, she is mainly known for Genshin Impact, um, but she has a very small selection of roles so far that is uh, going to be going to be uh, she's gonna you're gonna be seeing a lot of her um but yeah risa may and for my second choice when this actress was first announced there was unfortunately there was a lot of how do you say what's the word controversy mainly because people wrongfully thought they had the wrong belief that she was cast because she's a person of color. I want to say that Kimberly Ann Campbell as Nagatoro is not, is absolutely 100% the best choice for the character. Not because of a, not because of the color of her skin, but because of this, the, she is because of the skill she has as an actress. And so I want to see her in more things. I want to see her play more roles and I hope her just, her star is bright for the future. Mm -hmm. Well said. All right, let's see who's going to be next. <laughs> I swear to God, if the next award you're, it says it picks Hardy again first, I'm going to pick someone else. What the fuck? Okay, it's Megan. <laughs> Roll it again. Chaos Bowl. You want me to spin it again? Uh-huh. 
Alright. Let's see. Alright. It's gonna go with Patrick this time. So <laughs> what are the winners? Who, who did the other host pick as winners for Best Actor to Watch? Okay. Uh, so we're gonna start out with Noah. So Noah's winner for Voice Actor to Watch is Kylie McNeil as Suzu from Bell. Uh, Gigi's is Paul Date from My Dress Up Darling. So Jackson's award is going to uh, Brianna Gentiella for Pompo the Cinephile. With a nod to um, everyone in this cast, I was surprised how little anime work Brianna had done. With how charismatic and fun she made the typically challenging young girl archetype. Uh, Jamal's award is going to go to Molly Zhang for Shikamori's Not Just a Cutie. Uh, for her first role ever, Molly's snarky take on Hashimitsu is perfectly executed. Uh, she balances quippiness with determination and friendliness, making Hachimitsu more endearing as a goofy character. Uh, she is truly on my radar in the future. Welcome to Dub Talk, Molly. Uh, Amon's award is going to go to Kaylee McKee. Uh, looks like as Isamu in Kotaro Lives Alone. Uh, Kaylee pulls that trick that Kotaro Lives Alone needs to work. Uh, playing Isamu as a ridiculous goof most of the time and instilling him with sincere pathos when the drama hits. Uh, here's hoping she keeps getting cast in all kinds of neat stuff that makes good use of her range. Uh, Andrews is L Lisette Monique Diaz in The Great Jahi Will Not Be Defeated. Uh, Lisette really impressed me with her work on Jahi. Uh, not only was it their first lead role, uh, they had to fluctuate back and forth between cool, confident, sexy demon and tiny baby chaos gremlin. A real strong first impression she's made and someone whose career I am excited to see grow. Uh, Jet has also given his award to Kaylee McKee. Uh, from Tamaru in Kotaro to landing a big role as Okotsu in Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, it's been a strong year for Kaylee McKee. And she's nailed each new thing I've heard her in. I'm glad her career is on an uptick right now, and I hope to see her in even more stuff in the future. And now for my award, which, surprise, surprise, is also going to go to Kaylee McKee. Um, primarily, I did it for Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, but you can also put in things like um, uh, Requiem of the Rose King, um, Kotaro Lives Alone, um, and even... She's even been in Smite as the mighty Magic the Gathering corrupted Archangel Atraxa. Uh, she's had a really strong set of performances for this year, and I hope nothing but good things for her in the future. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll decide. Thank you, Patrick. Oh, looks like it's me. Okay. So. So it basically did the same order oh, again. Not quite. I went last last time. Yeah, but remember, remember Megan we... No, after you respinned after me, it went to Patrick and then it went to you again. Oh, that's true, because we did respin. <laughs> well, Chaos our, our, friend, Chaos our friend the wheel has been uh, failing us so far. It's fine. Alright, my two winners for underrated... Oh, uh, not underrated. Wow. <laughs> that was the last award. My two winners for voice actor to watch um, weirdly enough effectively come from the same show. Um, 
One of which I guess you can kind of say is a makeup for me not giving them this award last year because he was on the shortlist at the time. Um, but I think it's now overdue. Uh, my first award goes to Jacob Hopkins, uh, primarily for his role in uh, Tribe 9. Uh, <laughs> Jacob was a delight as the fucking snarky little jagoff who's positive all the time and fights for the team and uh, likes to... Uh, push Tyga's buttons <laughs> uh, for the limited time that Jacob Hopkins is in the show. Um, I think it's a fun performance. And of course I'm very excited now that the W awards are being done. I can go back to two year eternity season two. <laughs> so I'm very excited to see what he does next with Fushi. My other award also um, effectively, this person was in tribe nine. This is their only voice acting credit. And weirdly enough, I was so impressed by this. Patrick, I think, might recall this because he was on the Tribe 9 episode with me. I want to see this human being in more things because I was actually that fucking impressed. Um, I hope I don't break the internet when I say this. My other voice actor to watch is actually going to be Corpse Husband. Uh, he was his... very close to getting it for me, too. <laughs> As uh, Ojido uh, in Tribe 9. That is his only voiceover work. It was... It's one of those huge risks that I think paid off very nicely. Um, the one drawback to his performance is not necessarily his doing. It's more on the mixing because of the filtering of the mask that is used from the early onset. But despite that, um, with Corpse having the music background that he has as a musician, it played very nicely into his favor. And I think it created for a very interesting and memorable performance in Tribe 9. And I... I legitimately would love to see him um, do another round of voice work in the future, if humanly possible, if he's not too busy. <laughs> if he's not too busy. <laughs> um, but also, rest in peace, the Fitcher Price speakers that gave their lives to create his voice. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> that was an actual thing for Marissa. Um, that is an actual fucking thing. Um, yeah, those are my winners for uh, voice actor to watch. Megan. Who are your winners for voice actor to watch? All of the Fisher Price <laughs> speakers <laughs> that died to bring you this this voice. Over. Wait, did you did no, you watch no. Tribe Nine? Okay, you, no, you well, all you need to oh, you need to only to hear the mask filtering they had to fucking create for Ojino and his character. I would like to thank my boyfriend for getting my shitty Star Wars joke. <laughs> many bobbins brought many bobkins brought died to bring you this award. <laughs> Anyway. So, hi, I'm Megan and I have problems. But no, who doesn't Megan. have problems? These voice actors to watch. I'm going to start off with Julia Gu for her performance as uh, Kuku Tang in Love Life Superstar. Uh, she captures Kuku's amazing energy and earnest heart. Uh, I was definitely impressed to see her being able to speak Chinese. Um and use Chinese phrases as Cuckoo does in her in her performance. She she wears that girl's heart on her sleeve. And I want to see Julia in more things. And my other award goes to Kylie McNeil in Bells, because holy shit balls. Um that girl has pipes. She she honestly I think sung my definitive version of the soundtrack. Um not only that, she was able to get across uh, Suzu's awkwardness 
as well as her struggle. And when it all comes together, it makes such a great performance. So good job to Julia and Kylie. Yay. Yay. All right. So our next award. Is it time to cook? It's time. It is indeed time. What are we making this year, Hardy? I'm sorry? What are we making this year, Hardy? We're making a golden ham. But what kind? But what kind? What kind of ham have we not made yet? (laughs) Does it have a Dr. Pepper glaze? It's time for the Golden (laughs) Ham Award, aka the hammiest, most um, overacted award uh, performance. Chew that scenery. Chew the scenery, yes. Delicious. It's so delicious. Mm -hmm. All right, I have been sitting here shuffling the end, the inputs for the wheel to side in the hopes that it, it it cooperates. Let's spin the fucking wheel. Who's going first, wheel? Come on, tell us who's first. Okay, we'll take this. It's actually me. <laughs> All right, I get to go first. Um, so my golden ham. Um, if there's one kind of delicious ham, y'all, we love so much in the world. It's hammy delicious villains. <laughs> uh, and my two award winners are no exception to that. Um, so my Golden Ham Award is going to go to Damon Mills for Link Click and Alex Lee for Lic- Licorice Recoil. Uh, Damon <laughs> Mills in Link Click as chewing scenery hammy serial killer villain dude um, was just a goddamn delight to see just go a little mad. We're all a little mad sometimes. Um, And it was just... When you get to the climax of the first season of Link Click, um, it just turns so delicious and hammy and just scene-stealing and chewing. It's just great. And Alex Lee, (laughs) Licorice Rift Coil, as the hacker Robota. Um, That's just... It's... It's on the level of Zenitsu, but not as manic if that makes sense. Um, Because Zenitsu is just, like, really up there and screechy-screamy. Robata is at least a level down from that, (laughs) where it's still fun and campy and hammy, but not, like, crazy bombastic levels of Zenitsu. Um, But, yes. Uh, Y'all, I love my villains. These two are delicious and hammy. Uh, so, yes, congrats to Damon and Alex. Uh, next on the shopping block is going to be... It's going to be Hardy. Okay. Uh, for my Golden Ham Award, I think this first person... Oh, Golden Ham, not Black Man. Okay. For my first Golden Ham Award, I have... I offer you two words. Wrapping porcupine. Yeah! Yes. Yes, I have to give this one to Darius Johnson uh, for his performance at Odd Taxi. How he was able to successfully wrap every single one of his lines with one exception. Um, sounded just like he was having a ball doing it. Yeah. But for my other Golden Ham Award, he didn't. this actor did not have to really even try for the simple fact that most of his hamminess comes from this fact that he's Scottish. <laughs> uh, 
I have to give it to yeah. Philip Sacramento from Tribe Nine as Tiger. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm Scottish. I'm Scottish. Son of a whore. Language. Like, like he didn't even have to. He didn't even have to put on an accent. That's just his normal voice. Yeah. <laughs> so those are my two: Philip Sacramento and Darius Johnson. All right. Bless you, Hardy. <laughs> Son of a whore! Language. Um. Alright, Megan, you're next. So I, I think I went a little different with mine. Uh, uh, basically, because I I don't think any, but I only think one person shared my one of my answers, and I'm sorry, Andrew. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm both sorry to Andrew. I'm sorry to you, Andrew. I stole one of your words. So I'm gonna start this off by saying. Ladies, has your boyfriend ever fell in love with the first girl who's ever done anything nice for him and asked you in to engage in polyamory? Oh no. Because I too fried every brain cell in my brain by watching Girlfriend Girlfriend. Oh and let no. me tell you that Brittany Lauda in Girlfriend Girlfriend as Saki Saki is not only chewing the scenery but regurgitating it to us fans as if she is a mother bird. Ew. <laughs> it is funny. It is everywhere off the map. She is growly. She is crying. She is She is having a fucking meltdown over this goddamn life that she's living in. She's great. But my other W award, my other Golden Ham of the Year award is going to go to somebody who played the cutest girl in the world in Idol Among Idols. And that is going to be for Kaylee Mills as Kasumi Nakasu from Love Live Nijigasaki. Okay. While Kaylee definitely nails the times when Kasumi actually has to be serious, she more than keeps up with Kasumi's over-the-top antics and scene stealing. As the number one best face girl of Nijigasaki, Kaylee's attitude and upbeat spirit really comes through in the performance. And as much as you want to hug her, you also kind of want to put her in a little box because Kasumi is either while you love her or hate her. So for my other uh, Golden Ham of the Year award, it's going to go to good old Miss Kaylee Mills. Take your ham and join the Diners Club with your new jacket. It's oh, made out of pineapple. Yes. <laughs> yes. Alright. So, those are some delicious, delicious performances. Alright. So, uh, let's move on from our, from solo work to uh, groups. We're going to talk about- No, 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 no. Steph! 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 How dare you disregard the hot piece of ass sitting next to I'm me? I'm sorry. I am just. I have just been sitting here. A pox on your house. A pox on your house. I'll take on. A, I'll take the pox. I'm sorry, Patrick. Can you please uh, give us the winners of the other hosts for yes. the Golden Ham Award? My bad. I believe I shall. Uh, so first of all. We have Noah's winner. Uh, that's going to be Phil Parsons as Yoshinaka in the Heike Suri. Uh, and Gigi's okay. is also going to be Philip Sacramento from Tribe Not. Uh, so now starting with Jackson, um, we have 
Brittany Lauda as um, Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, Foo Fighters in JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, Stone Ocean. It was really a matter of time which member of the prison squad girls was going to nab this award. Ultimately, Brittany as FF truly embodied the ham with their wild outbursts and tenuous understanding of personal space. Jamal's is going to go to Jordan Dash Cruz from Trapped in a Dating Sim. I knew this show was terrible going in, but it gave Jordan a chance to shine in his first lead role. Uh, he reached the lowest of lows as Leon and high so high at one point he literally screeched like Surge Tankian from System of a Down. Hats off to you, JDC. <laughs> oh no! Okay. Almond's award is going to go to Kylie Ignazi as Bisco Akaboshi in Sabakui Bisco. Bisco may technically be made out of rust and mushrooms, but Kyle plays him like he's made of ham anyways. Such loud fungus. <laughs> Andrew's award also went to Brittany Lauda for Girlfriend Girlfriend. Sometimes there are dubs where a single performance is worth the price of admission. To me, Brittany Lauda's comedic whirlwind as Saki Saki is the reason to watch Girlfriend Girlfriend Stub. A comic tour de force that stole the show. Damn those mommy milkers! <laughs> there was a note in this that said, Patrick, please say that last sentence with your whole chest, please. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So Jet's award is going to go to Chris Sabat as Despa from Ranking of Kings. Okay. Chris Sabat is no stranger to hammy performances, but rarely does he get to chew the scenery as much as he does with Despa. He makes Despa come off as a man who's larger than life and absolutely knows it, while also being able to dial it back when the situation calls for it. Let Chris Sabat play more kooky mentors. Then. And not last but not least, I do have my own award to give out. Um, if you know me, you know exactly where this is going to be end up going. Up your and butt. <laughs> that's that's oh. one place where the um, this one's going to go to Giancarlo Esposito for his role as Faraday from Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Because what I what I love about this is uh, Giancarlo Esposito understands the position of Faraday so well. Uh, because Faraday himself understands his uh, his situation so well. He is never going to be one of the high rollers. So all he can do is throw his chips under whoever will pay him the most money. Um, he is an absolute mercenary in this role. Um, he chews every ounce of scenery he is given. Uh, and it is absolutely gorgeous. So please, Mr. Esposito, please take this hand. It is glazed in so, so much sweet, sweet Dr. Pepper and gold. <laughs> All right. Is the pox on my house over? It is over. Okay, for now and until I fuck up again. Uh, anyway, let, let's try this again. Uh, let's move on from solo performances to group performances. This is the Best Ensemble Award. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. It is what we think are the best ensemble casts uh, for English dubs. 
Alright, we all decide who we're going with first, bro. Let's see. Megune, who are your winners for best ensemble? Uh, okay. Okily dokily, Artola Chokily. So my first best ensemble award is going to go to the cast of Ranking of Kings. Uh, these guys pulled it together to make such a wonderful, heartfelt story come together from Emily and Sunwon all the way down to people like Oscar Sayoung, um, Monica, Monica Rial, uh, Brianna Roberts, Chris Sabat, Anthony, uh, just everybody pulled it together. Everybody sounded so in harmony. Everything sounded great. These guys really knocked it out of the park. Uh, and my other best ensemble is going to go to Requiem of the Rose King under Sean Gann. A lot of people would have passed the show over. One, because unfortunately, you, you can say what you will about the anime and the adaptation. But two, I don't think a lot of people really watch hard, harder shoujo dramas. To say that Sean Gann not only put together a, a cast of excellent actors for a shoujo drama and also a Shakespearean one with people who both had the experience to of doing Shakespeare on stage uh, in a day and age where I think a lot of people need to see representation in acting from non-binary trans uh, agender and uh, LGBTQ community people Requiem the Nose Rose King knocks it out of the park Siren Strange Millie Grant Landon McDonald, Caitlin Glass, J. Michael Tatum, Emmy Lowe, Melissa Duran, um, oh god, who am I missing? Um, Kaylee Kim. McKee, uh, just Alexis Tipton, Kristen McGuire, like, Brenda McGinnis, um, just from the, Ian Sinclair, I believe, is in there too, just from the top down, it is such a stacked cast that Sean assembled. Uh, so if you've missed out on Requiem of the Rose King because you were turned off by the animation or, or some weirdo who in the the year of Heidel in 2023 thinks, Ew, Shoujo is nasty. Uh, you're weak and won't survive the winter and I can't wait to feast on your innards. Uh, and two, you should watch Requiem of the Rose King. Alright. Mm-hmm. Let's give the wheel another spin and see who's going next. Let's see. It looks like it's going to be Hardy. Who are your All winners right. for uh, Best Ensemble? Well, for my first choice, I went with a smaller ensemble cast. And that's the three main characters for Spy Family. I think Ooh, if you okay. can... it does Best Ensemble doesn't necessarily have to mean the most expansive or largest cast. If you can focus on three main characters and gradually introduce more characters in as you go, that's one of a way to expand a cast gradually and more healthily as the show progresses. Um, but even focusing just on the dynamic between the three main characters and later the dog, um, oh, just on their, yes, just focusing on their uh, chemistry together uh, really did it a lot for me as far as the cast goes but next one i'm gonna throw a brick in 
<laughs> because this is a show a lot of you forgot about. I'm going to give my oh. next award to Super Crooks. Ooh. Ah. Because it had the unfortunate... Um, it was unfortunately released almost immediately after uh, W eligibility for 2021. And so a lot of us here at Dub Talk kind of slept on it. And we really shouldn't because it has a dynamic cast. Jonah Scott, Abby Trot, DC Douglas, um, uh, Cam Clark, uh, Jason Marnoka. It had that op it had I think a lot of people just kind of forgot about it because it was released right after it was eligible. And so if you want, I highly recommend going back and checking out Super Crooks. If you like shows sort of like Great Pretender, or Bacchano, or even Akudama Drive, uh, or the, the crime uh, anime shows like that. So yeah, I highly recommend that. Give it a shot. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Neato. All right. All right, Patrick, who is it? Me or you? It me. Let's hope I don't forget to let Patrick talk this time. Um, best ensemble. So I like how Hardy, like what Hardy's essentially his definition of what he thinks an ensemble cast is. Um, I think it's a very interesting mindset for me my how i see a best ensemble is a bit is um one that's more seamless where it's a bit where it's a ton like a million times more difficult to pick out a per performance or a role for someone uh that just stands above the others because they're all just so integrated together um and it's just fantastic my two best ensemble casts are actually going to be two sports anime, believe it or not. Um, one is very obvious, and considering we just talked about it, um, you know, uh, Tribe 9 is a thing that exists. And the cast of Tribe 9, under the direction of Marissa Lenti, as well as their slew of assistant directors, um, I don't have them all on hand right now, unfortunately. Uh, or no, maybe I do. But it's fine. Um, but this is a tour de force cast. It is one that was well thought out and just so wonderfully portrayed. Uh, from Casey Mangelo to Philip Sacramento to Brittany Karbowski, Brendan Blaber, um, Joshua Waters to Kevin Thewell, um, Jacob Hopkins' corpse husband, the whole nine yards. Um, this cast just knocks it out of the park, quite literally, actually. Um, so this is definitely one of my favorite ensemble casts from the past year. My other one and my other sports anime that's getting an ensemble cast uh, award here is another sound cadence show. Uh, it is one that people have, it's, it's a dub that people have been waiting on for a hot minute since it was announced that at that point in time, Funimation had gotten the rights to, uh, you know, a little show called Prince of Tennis. <laughs> um, the ensemble cast for the new dub, for the Sound Cadence dub of Prince of Tennis is just a lot of fun. It takes a minute to get used to, because I went, I tried watching 
um, Prince of Tennis from the beginning. And at that time, um, the first 40 to 50 or so episodes of the Sound Cadence dub were not available. This was right before um, the Viz Media version expired off of Hulu. So I marathoned that first and then switched it over uh, to the new dub. And while it was a weird adjustment for me because nostalgia brain happens, I think it's a fun dub that has so many f interesting and fun little quirks to it. Uh, from Raimaki as Ryoma, uh, as Edgy Zen, you have um, Alejandro Saab as Momo, you have Jonah Scott as Captain Tezuka, um, Jacob Hopkins is in this show, you have Jared Green, you have Derek Stowe, you have um, Stephen Fu, you have Stephen Kelly, I believe, is our glasses friend. I'm blanking right now, but I think he is. Um, but it's just a phenomenal show, and god damn did Howard Wang put all this time and effort into putting it together. Um, I hope he took a nap at. I, told, I hope he takes a good long nap once he's done with all the Prince of Tennis stuff, because there's still a bunch of fucking episodes I last I knew that weren't up right now. Um, but good on you, sir. You've assembled a fine, fine squad uh, to take on this massive oldie but goodie. Um, all right, Patrick, who are the other host winners for best ensemble? All right, let's do this. So, um, starting with the folks who don't have notes at this time, uh, Noah has given his Best Ensemble cast award to Odd Taxi, and Gigi has given it to Given. All right, and starting with the folks with comments, um, Jackson has given his award to Odd Taxi. Uh, any given actor in this show, regardless of how tertiary they are to the plot, uh, carry entire episodes on their own. Uh, that is the makings of a superb ensemble cast. Jamal has given it to Tribe 9. Uh, the cast of Tribe 9 was not only captivating, it was globally and socially diverse, and had the very rare exception of adding cats to the lineup. Uh, Tribe <laughs> 9 is a testament of Sound Cadence's commitment to providing great dubs. The saying, voice actor to watch. Uh, Amon's is Aharon San Wahakaranai. <laughs> Uh, everyone is funny, and everyone is a delight on screen. I wish this show was 100 episodes long. Andrews is Requiem of the Rose King. Uh, this was another really hard choice to me, but after thinking long and hard, Requiem of the Rose King's ensemble is something else. A gigantic cast of actors giving incredibly dramatic performances from across the world, while really letting some break out of their typical molds to play characters they would never be given the chance to... Uh, this ensemble is a really special one. Uh, Jet has given his award to Ranking of Kings. Uh, Ranking of Kings is a series with a cast of characters that are much more complex and nuanced than they first appear. And this is reflected well in the dub. Uh, from big veterans like Chris Sabat and Lucy Christian to lesser known names like Brianna Roberts and Gabe Kunda. Uh, everyone here delivers on a fantastic performance and all come together to make the, for one of the strongest dub ensembles I have ever heard. Um, and I, too, have given my award to Ranking of Kings. Um, this one was it, it's a really special dub to me. Um, it showcases the the biggest strengths of Funimation's record from home era. 
Um, it is both globally and socially diverse. Um, something I, I hope one day will carry back into Crunchyroll dubs. Uh, but also, each actor gives so much heart into the characters that they play that, frankly, the English dub feels like the default way to listen to the show. Awesome. Alright. So, our next award, thank you, everybody, for that. Uh, our next award is actually going to be our first Viewer's Choice Award of the evening. Hey. That is hey. that was voted on by you guys at home. Uh, so viewers' choice W award. Uh, we have six categories. Uh, the first one we're going to start off with is the best ensemble. And um, I feel like the wheels, our friend the wheel, should decide who's going to read this one. Does that sound good um, to you? Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. So who is going to be reading the nominees for best ensemble? Fan Let vote. us see. Fan vote here. It's the fan vote. I know. Uh, Patrick. <laughs> Oh, uh oh, uh, put you it, get to put it in the I, chat. I got it. No, I got you. I got you. Don't worry. Okay, I already so got it. And I will. I, I'll also give you the winner. So, Patrick, okay, will you please remind? First. Will you remind the folks at home for me, Patrick? Uh, who are the nominees for the Viewers Choice W Award for Best Ensemble? Sure. So then, for Best Ensemble Cast, um, your Viewers Choice nominees are. Cyberpunk Edge Runners from the direction of Wendy Lee and Rick Zeef. Uh, Given under the direction of David Wald. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean under the direction of Courtney Sanford, Bill Millsap, and Tony Oliver. Uh, Laid Back Camp under the direction of Jade Saxon, Morgan Loray, Sarah Ragsdale, and Kristen McGuire. Odd Taxi under the direction of Bill Millsap. The Orbital Children, under the direction of Suzanne Goldish. Ranking of Kings, under the direction of Caitlin Glass, Emmy Lowe, and Azit Harsha. Requiem for the Rose King, under the direction of Sean Gann, Marcus Stimmick, Emmy Lowe, and Jordan Dash Cruz. Spy Family, under the direction of Chris George and Dallas Reed. Tribe Nine, under the direction of Marissa Lenti, Mike Himoto, and... Amberly Connors, Damon Mills, and Natalie Von Sistine. Drum roll. And your winner is. Ta da! JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Under the direction of Courtney Sanford, Bill Millsap, and Tony Oliver. Yay! Congratulations! Come collect your award at the desk. You'll, your reward will be smuggled into jail through someone's butt. <laughs> we'll get it to you somehow, we promise. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Patrick, and congratulations to the cast of Joe's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean what? for your win. Um, next up, Pulp Fiction. our next award is for Best Sound Mixing, one of the more... A lot more technical awards in this category. This is essentially, this award more primarily goes to the engineers and the sound mixers uh, that have to uh, figure out the, figure out, make sense of the madness and the bullshit sometimes. <laughs> and also work their magic to make dubs sound very, very good. So, the first person who's going to be telling us their winners for best sound mixing is going to be... Oh... It looks like it's Megan. Okay. 
So let's get our sound mixing award off and ready to go. So my first sound award, uh, sound mixing award is going to go to Bell, the team over at uh, NYAV Post. Bell had to not only get the sounds of a digital world that was from across the world to come together and sound harmonious when they had not only after speaking English, but multiple languages that they use to get that feeling across, as well as being able to do the large impacts that the film had, but also to technically weave in the singing. Um, it's a big thing that uh, just to put together, like re remix the songs with a new language track, um, just absolutely, absolutely compelling uh, on the big scale. And then my other word actually goes to something much more smaller, and that is Super Cub. Um, Jeff Biziante did the acting, directing, and mixing for this show, and it is impeccable. That Super Cub makes you feel like you are working on your Honda Super Cub at points. You hear the, dr the drip of the oil... The, the turning of wrenches, the vroom of the engine, uh, alongside all of this quiet atmosphere. And I think Gigi usually brings it up that sometimes the more delicate shows are the hardest ones to mix because you don't have so many other things going on to distract you that you're focused on that moment. And Super Cub absolutely knocked it out of the park for me. All right. Thank you, Megan. All right, so let's see who's going to go next for best sound mixing. Doodly doodly. It is doodly going doodly. to be Patrick. Will you please give us the winners for the other hosts for best sound mixing? All righty. Start with. All right, so starting with the folks who don't have notes in the in the big old super chart, um, we have Noah with Super Cub. And Gigi with um, for Bell. So Jackson has also given the award to Bell, um, mixed by one Oscar Garcia. Uh, sound mixing awards going to favor movies, but I'm not going to pretend getting the full impact of these vocals in the theater wasn't an extremely satisfying experience. Uh, Jamal's is Cyberpunk Edge Runners, as mixed by Michael Feldman and Thomas J. Maydick. Uh, combining a healthy balance of in-game soundtracks, cybernetic world building, and megalomaniacal violence, uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners is an exercise in dystopian sci-fi that is quite pleasing and thrilling to the ears. Uh, Amon's is given to William Duell for Other Side Picnic. Uh, so many upsetting inhuman voices. Burr. Burr. Okay. Um, Andrews is also going to Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners exudes the sound of dystopian sci-fi. Everything from the sounds of the busy city to the cool cybernetic brain cells. Oh, I'm sorry. The cool cybernetic brain calls. Um, everything comes together seamlessly and it sounds as violent and cool as you would hope it would. Uh, Jets goes to Kingdom Season 3 as mixed by Austin Tyler, uh, Fahad Rahman, and Sebastian Franco. 
Uh, Kingdom is a series with an absolutely massive ensemble cast, and the surprise dub we ended up getting for Season 3 uh, cast a pretty wide net of actors from across the United States. It can't have been easy mixing together audio from actors from various different regions on that scale, uh, but this team pulled it off and somehow made all those actors feel like they were in the booth together. And now comes to mine. Um, this one's going to take a little bit of explaining. Um, forgive me if I butcher your name, um, but my award actually went to the film RRR, specifically the English dub provided to Netflix as mixed by one Harshad Rain. Um, the reason I have given this award to RRR is because um, due to circumstances... Uh, the mixer had to basically take audio from three different dubs and combine them into one. First off, you have characters that speak native English that came from the uh, uh, the original Telugu audio. Um, the songs and some other Walla acting had to come from the Hindi dub. And then there was brand new English audio. All of this was stitched together seamlessly. Um, I could barely tell unless... Basically, the only way I knew um, that these were a couple of dubs stitched together was basically the fact that, well, I had seen the Hindi dub before I watched the English and something sounded familiar to me. So, um, just for how seamlessly this was all put together, I am giving my best sound mixing dubby to RRR. Thank you, Patrick, for all those awards. Let's see who's next. Is it going to be me or Hardy? Oh, oh, right on the cusp of that, too. Hardy, would you please give us your award winners for Best Sound Mixing? Yeah, um, I could not have said it any better than the others did. My two choices are Cyberpunk Edge Runners by Michael Feldman and Thomas J. Maydeck. And also Bell by Oscar Garcia. For all the reasons that uh, everyone else says, Cyberpunk is a very, very high energy um, pro program. And uh, it, it has to deal with all the various um, science fiction sound effects and, and voice edits and everything. And it's, it's just well put together. And I can't really even... I have to agree 100% with Megan because of Bell because just to have the whole package of sci-fi effects and, and music and various languages all the way all being molded around what's basically a musical. It's it's a sci-fi anime musical, and I think Oscar Garcia and his team really nailed it out of the park of this one. So that's what I have to say. All right. And that leaves me. Uh, my two winners for best sound mixing. Um, my first winner, we don't have actual credits for them, unfortunately, at the time of this recording. Um, so they're just going to be referred to as the mixing team. Uh, so my first award goes to the mixing team of Odd Taxi. Um a lot of it comes down to uh, the different nuances in the show, but also trying to, again, as I said at the beginning of this award, make sense in the madness. 
Um, and you know, mixing and making uh, Sense of the Madness, that is um, our porcupine rapping friend, uh, is a bit of an undertaking in and of itself. So uh, that, along with all the other nuances for the show, I wanted to give kudos to, to the okay. mixing team for Odd Taxi. Uh, my other award for best sound mixing goes to a massive team of engineers in mixing um, for probably one of the most bonkers uh, concepts that I had ever seen in my life. Uh, it goes to the team of Natalie Van Sistine as lead engineer, Lindsay, Lindsay Roberts, Patrick Morphy, Sawyer, and I... Apologies if I mispronounced your last name. Uh, Sawyer Felderer and Wyatt Baker as engineers and Matt Grounds as the mixing engineer for Miracochan. Miracochan hmm. hmm. is a weird, weird fucking concept about a girl who can, for some goddamn reason, see spirits and demons. And she does her damnedest to make sure that they don't notice she can see them or else all hell breaks loose. And good lord, those demons and spirits sound fucking nuts. <laughs> like, no two spirits or demons sound the same. Part of that is kudos to the acting work on this show, yes. But I think a good portion of the kudos also, I think, goes to the mixing team. Um, with different uses of filters uh, for these different spirits to make them sound distinct from each other. And breathe more life, weirdly enough, breathe more life into them, if, as it were. Um, so definitely, I would say my other mixing award goes to the wonderful Sound Cadence team uh, for Miyako-chan. Uh, next up, our next award of the evening, we're going to go back to some performance awards with a good old solo award. Um, and that is going to be for best supporting performance in a comedy. We're going to talk comedies, ladies and gents. So, I'm going to spin this wheel. Let's see who's fucking first. Uh, award is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, supporting performances in comedic roles. Uh, who's Megu. fucking first? Megu I was gonna say who's Megu on first. I was going to say, you know, who's you know who's fucking first? Megune. No, your mother. Oh, jeez. Megan, <laughs> please give us your winners for best uh, supporting performance in a dub for comedy. So my first supporting award for a... It's really funny. These two actors share a show together, but they are not getting nominated for their same show. So my first supporting in a comedy goes to Megan Shipman for Girlfriend, Girlfriend as the absolute Goblin Milica. I was busting my ass laughing at... Megan playing such an awful, awful girl who is the best girl in the show. Getting here to hear Megan be flirtatious, sexy, dumb, uh, rocking her mommy milkers that God gave her, talking about how she's pushing up her tits for YouTube, 100% made me laugh my ass off. Uh, but the other one has to go as Anthony Bowling in Spy Family as Frankie. Just, Frankie is your favorite dumb dipshit friend. Um, <laughs> is he good at his job? Yes. Is he good at getting bitches? No. <laughs> but, yep. 
The thing that I like most about him is that he is so snarky compared to Alex Organ's I don't know what I'm doing. My mouth is open and I scream and yet no noise comes out sometimes as a father. But man, the episode where they go to the theme park is what <laughs> instantly sold Anthony Bowling on he had to have this award for me just because his drunk evil Frankie was so good and watching him like just kidnap Megan Shipman all the time was it was so I give you I give you Anthony Bowling so many French Italian kisses I am I am I am doing a crab 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 <laughs> curse crab face she's doing an ahago crab oh Jesus Christ <laughs> which by the way is our curse phrase so if you put that in the comments section you may get to name the wheel for oh, imagining for imagining a crab getting some cummies <laughs> We had to see that on our way to Orlando, and now you have to imagine it. Oh, no! Fuck. That's not bubbles coming out of the crab, it's cum! God damn it. Anyway, I'm done. Alright, I'm spinning this wheel before it gets out of hand again. Uh, let me see. Who is next on the chopping block? It's me! It me! Alright. It's-a you! It's-a me! Mario! Not played by Chris Pat. <laughs> um, anyway, my two winners for best supporting performance in a comedy. Um, so one is more recent that I decided on. The other has been a- on this list for forever and has stuck in my mind for forever. Um, I'm going to start with Ryan Colt Levy as Rhodey Soul in My Hero Academia World Heroes Mission. Rhodey's soul is the reason why that movie is good as it is. It is fucking Rhodey's soul. He is probably the my favorite character from that goddamn movie. And Ryan's performance is just... Because we saw this movie... Because the movie, I think, came to theaters uh, around the start of the eligibility period last year, if I mm-hmm. recall. Um, and the fact that it stuck around for this long means a lot. <laughs> um, Brian is just a tour de force as this snarky little dipshit who uh, ends up going on a road trip with uh, Justin Briner's Deku uh, for the majority of the movie. Um, Ryan is a delight. Uh, I'm very happy that he's gotten to do much larger and more fantastic roles. Um, and he's really come into his own. And now that he has... He has had his first real leading role with Chainsaw Man. I I, I I only wish for good things. But Rhodey Soul is a phenomenal character. One of my favorite... In terms of the three My Hero movies, Rhodey is probably my favorite of the movie-only movie, movie only characters out of the three movies. Um, so, fantastic job. Congrats to you. My other winner uh, for Best Supporting actor in a comedy is going to go to Brendan Blaber and Sasaki and Miano. So Brendan Blaber's character, Hanazawa, he is the chairman of the disciplinary committee. And if you think about it, this is only from a stereotype perspective. If you only think of this as stereotype, he's flamboyant, he's energetic, he's comedic. Um, you would think the impression you would get is that the character of Hanazawa is gay. That is actually not the case. Um, 
But what Brendan has unexpectedly, he has a interesting backstory to his character <clears throat> that I did not expect because I guess spoilers um, in the show, it's his little brothers who come out as gay and Brendan's Hanazawa is very supportive of his younger brothers. So he ends up being a supportive figure and a supportive role when it comes to Sasaki and Miyano and their will they or won't they relationship. Um, it's a very unexpected character development for Hanazawa. And um, I just loved every moment that Brendan Blaber is on the screen because he just steals it. Um, it's a very interesting and fun dynamic performance. So it's I, I had to give um, Brendan my other uh, best performance for best supporting they performance in a comedy because of that. Joke. Um, I believe wheel. It's time for the wheel. Is it Hardy or is it Patrick? Battle of the boys. Let's go. Patrick, will you please give us the winners of the other hosts for their best performance in a supporting role for comedy? Certainly, certainly. Okay, um, so starting with Noah, we have Jessica DeSico as Hiroka from Bell. Uh, Gigi is um, Eric's Vale character. Eric Vale's character from Awashi. I'm sorry, he's thinking of the Ohago crap again. <laughs> God damn it! It's like Hell Shakiano. You just think about it. I, I can't stop thinking about Ahago Crabbo. God damn it. All right. Um, Jackson's winner is one Clifford Chapin. Uh, his performance as Ryu Sui from the Dr. Stone Ryu Sui special. Uh, Clifford may not be directing on Dr. Stone anymore, but he's still captain of this ship. Uh, pitch perfect for Ryu Sui's massive personality. Jamal's is Brittany Karbowski for The Great Jahi Will Not Be Defeated. Um, it is very unusual to see Brittany play against typecast as this tall, magical girl. Her vibe and elegance changed so much that she was unrecognizable at first until she gets involved into the show's slapstick comedy. Then, yeah, it's Brittany as usual. You go, girl. Uh, Amon's is Caitlin Barr as Miss Toberu in Aharon Sanwa Harkarinai. So passionate, nosebleed. <laughs> uh, Andrews is Dallas Reed as Yuri Breyer in Spy Family. Uh, Yuri Breyer is probably my least favorite character in Spy Family, but sometimes a really good performance can make you enjoy a character more. Uh, that said, Dallas Reed as Yuri is one of the funniest, most chaotic performances among an ensemble of equally hilarious chaotic disasters. Uh, Drunk Yuri especially was an absolute highlight. Cool. I love Drunk Yuri. Uh, Jets is Caitlin Barr from Laidback Camp. Um, all the camp girls are great and have some funny chemistry, but Chiaki in particular is a gigantic disaster, and Caitlin nails that perfectly. Uh, whether it was failing to be inspirational or desperately trying to make a fancy dinner, Chucky's antics never failed to make me laugh, and Caitlin's delivery really added a lot to that. Um, on that note, my best supporting comedy will also go to Laidback Camp, uh, but this time for Leah Clark. 
Um, she plays an absolutely delightful disaster, and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> we love disaster teacher. All right, Marty, I think that leaves you. What are your, who do you select as your winners for best supporting performance in a comedy? Okay, so this has never actually happened before for this particular uh, award. Okay. But do you know there's no rule for including two characters against two characters in the same show? Oh, God damn it. You did it again. Who was it? I, I do it every year. but You do it every year somewhere. Yes. Sometimes I do it more than once. Um, <laughs> that's what she said. But, um. Jesus Christ. Name is Santiago's sex tape. <laughs> but, um. In this case, it's interesting because while both characters on the same show, they never actually interact with each other. And so their comedic performances are distinct and unique to their own characters. Okay. And so for best supporting performance in a comedy, I'm going to give it to Dallas Reed and Anthony Bowling for Spy Family, both as Yuri and Frankie, for the reasons that you guys have already listed. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I can understand the reasoning as to why you picked both of them. Both of those performances are really good. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next award of the evening, ladies and gents. We're going to stick with the supporting performances, but let's shift genres over to drama. So here we go with the best supporting performance in a dub for drama. All right. Who is on the chopping block first? Let's see we all who we got. <laughs> it, Megan. Oh, me. Megune, will you please give us your winners for best supporting performance in a dub for in a best supporting performance in a dub for drama? I can fucking talk. So my first best supporting in a dub for drama is going to go to Melly Grant as Buckingham in Requiem of the Rose King. Melly's performance from both the youngest version of Buckingham up until the day that Buckingham meets his fate is parts both cunning, conniving, and bloodthirsty setup man slash person who kingmaker to that of the lower the lover of the king to a man who is fighting his own demons just up until the day he dies. To see Melly in act a performer who I think a lot of people sleep on let alone don't know the name of to take such a powerful role and make it into their own is just so amazing in this day and if if anything i think melly needs to be praised from bottom to top for their work as buckingham and their chemistry with their their king um with their richard it's just absolutely beautiful and under the same banner, but in a different way, an actress who I think is beloved by much of the community, but Lucy Christian going through Hilling's arc and ranking of kings from a character that people were ready to write off to having one of the most brilliant arcs I think I've seen for a stepmother character in anime, that she is both cold and warm, that she is both emotional and emotional highs and lows and from manic manic saving to both the absolute heartbreak of a mother watching her two sons have to be used by their father lucy christian is 
out of this world as is Melly uh, this year. So I want to tip my crown to both of them for such an amazing year. That's right. voice acting royalty. Hell yes. yeah. All right, let's see who's next on the chopping block. Patrick, will you please give the winners for the other host for best supporting performance in a uh, best support? Yeah, best supporting performance in a dub for drama. What the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> That's all right. Um, all right. All right. Um, so starting with Noah, we have Patrick Seitz as Dobu in Odd Taxi. And Gigi has given the award to Wai Chang in Given. Uh, Jackson has given it to Alex Cazares as Rebecca in Cyberpunk. Uh, immediately a show-stealing performance in and among a stat cast. Such a fun character with a surprising soft side. Uh, Jamal has given it to Alexis Tipton for Day Day Live Season 4. Uh, never thought I'd see the day where I'd give the award to the worst girl in the series, but Alexis managed to captivate me in not only portraying the many literal faces of Kurumi, uh, but also gripping me with her backstory. And somewhere right now, Mario Tanaka's jaw just dropped. Uh, Amon has given it to Don M. Bennett as Reiko in Super Cub. Uh... Dawn gets this for the episode where Reiko tries to climb Mount Fuji alone. Uh, nothing's more compelling than watching this woman try to go uphill over and over again. Um, Andrew has also given this award to Lucy Christian for Ranking of Kings as healing. Um, it's always a pleasure to see veterans showing that they still got it. Ranking of Kings has an incredible cast and crew, but Lucy's queen healing truly develops over the course of the entire show. Uh, what starts as the evil stepmother turns into something far more nuanced, complicated, and incredibly well-performed. Definite career highlight for an already iconic actor. Uh, Jet has also given this award to Lucy Christian as Hilling from Ranking of Kings. Um, there were a lot of strong supporting performances last year, and a lot of strong ones even within Ranking of Kings. But Lucy really knocked this one out of the park. Healing is a complicated character as she starts off seeming like the evil stepmom, only to be revealed to be much more caring and empathetic than her exterior. And Lucy gets all of that across perfectly. It's easily some of her best work and one of my favorite performances from last year. Um, I, too, am giving it to Ranking of Kings, um, but for me, it will be AJ Lacasio as Domas. Um... Domas is a very complicated character. Um, AJ does a pitch-perfect job of conveying that and also showing sort of the, the guilt he feels for the actions he took during the course of that first core. Um, whether or not you choose to forgive the character is up to you, um, but I think we can all agree that AJ Lucasio just absolutely nails Domas. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, Patrick. All right, Hardy, it's between me and you. Let's see who it is now. All right. Let's see. It me. It's you. It's a me. Mario again. No. Uh, 
All right. So my winners for best supporting performance in a drama. Um, I'm going to start with the one that nobody expects. Okay. Um, so the Hey K story. It's a very interesting okay. show, yeah. and it's beautifully animated as well, I feel. But John Gramellion in this show as effectively one of the um, clan's matriarch, uh, patriarchs. Matriarch is female. Patriarchs. What am I thinking? Uh, and realistically, his performance really only takes up the span of four episodes. But those four episodes, he leaves a very lasting impact on all of our, all of the characters in the show. He is very noble. He is very wise. He wants what's best for his family. He's dutiful, um, and but he's also willing to do what is right in the end, um, going so far as to. Um, offer himself up in order for his father the actual like head of the entire family to pay for his sins but he's an idiot um at the end of the day john Gramillion in the span of four episodes was a tour de force and i think has a lasting impact on the story on the hey story um my other award is gonna come as no surprise uh, and I might be repeating some things as everybody else has said, uh, but Lucy Christian as Queen Hilling in Ranking of Kings is a tour de force. As as was previous said, you get the vibe in the beginning that Queen Hilling is just an evil stepmom who only cares about putting her actual son on the throne and not the correct heir, which is Boji. But the more you watch, look at, the more you continue with Ranking of Kings, and the more you see um, Queen Helling, she becomes a much more complex and has more depth to her character than you first see. And Lucy plays all of those nuances, I think, phenomenally. It's one of my favorite performances from the show itself. And she is just the kindest person who knows she knows when it is her duty to do something versus she knows when she needs to put her duty aside and be a mother to not just Dida but Boji as well and can I just say those little moments where um, Hilling first arrives at the castle and she's trying to befriend Boji are the sweetest little thing I have ever fucking seen in my life. Um, but I, I, I definitely agree with what everyone else had said about Queen Helling uh, and Lucy Christian in Ranking of Kings. So both Lucy and John, who are both veterans in the industry, um, steal these two awards from me. Uh, Hardy, will you give mm -hmm. us your winners for uh, best supporting uh, performance in a drama? Yes, I, I'm going to go with someone who no one else nominated. Cool. Oh, okay. Like that. Yes. Because your show is only as strong, your lead character is only as strong as their sidekick. Mm -hmm. And when you have a sidekick 
who is almost like a sister to your main character or develops a sisterhood, sister-like relationship over the period of the show. Uh, you can tell that there's a lot of chemistry and how they bounce off of each other. And it even, it even goes so far as to extend to real life how these, um, how this actress uh, is friends with uh, the lead and uh, how close their bond is. So I am going to give my first award to Tiana Camacho from Jojo Stone Ocean. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, because she mm -hmm. her, yeah, because she bounces off of uh, of Kira and um, and Jolene really well. Um, but here's the thing: it all depends on whether you consider My Hero Academia a comedy or a drama. Because this is where I had Ryan Colt Levy. As ah. It's hard to because, discern with shonen, really. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I think, yeah, I agree with Stephanie that he is the heart and soul. <laughs> soul. Of the, <laughs> um, of, of the film and just watching him sort of, uh, you sort of feel for him as his he's going through these struggles and as he, um, he has to make way with how strange his quirk is and... Um, and just how he, how he interacts with Deku and, to a lesser extent, um, Shoto and and, Bak, uh, and uh, Bakugo. But yeah, this is where I had Ryan. So Ryan, Colt Levy, and Tiana Camacho. Nice. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Also, before we go on, I just want to let you guys know that Guillermo del Toro's po Pinocchio won Best Animated Film. Oh, nice! Oh shit! Yeah. We have we have we have the Oscars streaming on mute in the background. Nice. <laughs> With captions on for you. But I'm yeah, no. I'm, I'm DVRing it for later. Don't spoil me too so, bad. Um, all right. I thought you guys would want to know that one. Oh, that's yeah. An they're they're one. showing a really cute Disney ad right now for a hundred years of Disney, but that's its own thing. Um, all right. So our next award. For the evening, it's time for another viewer's choice award. This time it's oh. going to be yes. This time it's going to be the viewer's choice award for best supporting performance. Uh, this one is not is not genre specific, specific, nor is it gender specific. So we're going to have some fun with this. And the person who's going to be reading the nominees on this one, I probably should have taken Patrick out just to make it fair. Uh. We're going to re-roll this. Hold on. <laughs> it gave Patrick. We're going to re-roll this. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. It me. Oh. It me. All right. So, your nominees for Best Supporting Performance. The Viewer's Choice Best Supporting Performance. Your nominees are... Uh, let me get the correct thing up here. Uh, or Alex Cazares. It's me, Oscar. <laughs> it's me, <laughs> Lady Oscar. No, uh, Alex Cazares uh, in Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Y Chang Forgiven. Lucy Christian in Ranking of Kings. Jessica DeSico in Bell. Melly Grant for Requiem of the Rose King. Darius Johnson in Odd Taxi. Ryan Colt Levy in My Hero Academia: World Heroes Mission. Dallas Reed for Spy Family, Tara Sands for The Orbital Children, and Young Yi for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Uh, 
And your winner... I forgot how stacked our nominees were this year. <laughs> oh, very stacked. And your winner for best support... For the Viewer's Choice Award for Best Supporting Performance is... Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Youngie for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Oh, yo! Okay. Nice. Yes. I'm so congratulations to Youngie. I've been following him since his YouTube days, so that's really cool to hear. Mm-hmm. Yep, so congratulations to Young E for his performance as uh, our wonderful priest friend who seems to like to sin quite a fucking lot. <laughs> Why are you running? <laughs> Why are you running? Have you gone, have you gone to church today? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Congratulations to Young E for winning the Viewer's Choice Award for Best Supporting Performance. So the next award on the chopping block is a, yep, it is another fan favorite award. It's one of my personal favorite awards. Um, I need to remember who, how this fucking started. Was it, is it, is it the Ian Sinclair or the Josh Greeley voice acting Black Magic Award? As of right now, it is now the Jesse James Award for voice acting Black Magic. Fair enough. Fair enough. The Jesse James Award for Voice Acting Black Magic. We will use the correct name um, that we are that has now been brought out. Uh, so, as the award would signify, uh, these are the performances that you would give your soul to Satan to perform. As in, uh, how the fuck did you manage that kind of performance? <laughs> um, so. I'm just shuffling the inputs so we can make them as random as humanly possible. The first person who's going to give their winners is going to be... Oh, hello. It me. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? Uh, it's me. <laughs> I can see. Andrew can see it in your eyes. He's not here. He can't see it in my eyes. Ah, oh, yes, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, an- another one of the reasons why Andrew is not doing the show, the show with us this year. He's currently, at the time of recording, he is puppy-sitting for his parents. So he's not even here today. <laughs> um, we can make jokes at him all we want. Um, anyway, voice acting Black Magic. These two winners of mine are some funky-ass performances that it, I can't believe fucking happened. Um, one definitely more so than the other, because Jesus Christ. Um, let me get to the one that, <laughs> like, that is, if you didn't know the range on this person, you wouldn't believe this actually existed. Uh, I, one of my voice acting Black Magic Awards is actually going to go to Christopher Waycamp, uh, for Natsume's Book of Friends, <laughs> as a wonderful mascot character. Um... That performance is a weird range in Tour de Force, because as mascot kitty cat friend, Mr. Cat, um, it's very, like, the range is similar to his character that was in Sleepy Princess. It's a similar range, similar tone. But in this case, it's a bit more noble and kind of pompous, I think, in a way. Um, And then you have full demon fox dog happening here, and then you notice his range right there but the the dramatic change between the two different voices as well as what would effectively be as far as i know the first time chris wakeham has voiced a mascot character of sorts 
I think he deserves one of the awards here. Um, the other one is pure fuckery that I could not understand. And once I knew who this was, I could hear the little vocal quirks for that I'm very familiar with with this actor. Um, so we all know Demon Slayer exists, right? Uh, mm. We also know that Brandon McInnes as Gyutaro is a thing that exists, right? Because <laughs> um, fuck me sideways, what the hell was that? And why was that just so creepy and kind of unsettling? And kind of grudge-like, if that's a word that I could use to describe that as Gyutaro. Um, I did not know it was Brandon at first. And then I learned it was Brandon, and I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. This is not Brandon. I This is not Brandon. What the fuck are you telling me? And then I hear it again, and it's like, oh, this is Brandon. <laughs> the, the, the what the fuckery Brandon went through with Gyutaro is insane and i really i honestly have to give him kudos for it so my two winners for voice acting black magic are uh brandon mcginnis for demon slayer entertainment district arc and chris waycamp for not so book of friends all right also i'm sorry we're trying not to cry because ki kui han won his oscar oh. <gasps> yay Love that. Now let Michelle Yeoh win hers. God damn it. Um, anyway. Patrick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, like, trying not to cry. <laughs> Getting a little bit clumped here. Can't, can't, can't. Well, I hate to do this and put you on the spot, but Patrick. I know! We're gonna have to listen yeah. to this speech. We're doing uh, best uh, black magic. Yes, it is Patrick yes. who is uh, giving us the winners of the other hosts. Please and thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so Noah does not have a voice acting Black Magic award, um, and Gigi has given it to Brittany Lotta as FF in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay. Uh, Jackson has given his award to Brandy McInnes as Gitaro from Demon Slayer. Oh fuck yeah! Um, not only is Brandon's upper rank demon a completely unique voice, I truly do not understand how he can make those sounds. Um, Jamal's is going to Emmy Lowe uh, for Lucy and Cyberpunk Edgerunners. Uh, Emmy's take on the seductive yet tragic femme fatale is very stunning to say the least. Uh, they ooze so much charm, sex appeal, and tragedy out of what I couldn't believe is an Aoyuki character. In the words of Amon, hot damn. <laughs> So, Amon's award is going to Madeline Morris as uh, Sorowo Kamakoshi in, um, oh shoot, what was that show? Um, oh, is that, is that the, um, Other Side that, picnic. picnic? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I blanked on the name there for a sec. Um, and introducing Madeline Morris, normal speaking voice, which she apparently never uses. Oh yeah, that's true. That is Maddie's normal speaking voice. I forgot. Um, Andrew has also given his award to Emmy Lowe as Lucy and Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh, following Emmy for the past few years, even winning a voice actor to watch award from me, um, I knew that they were very talented. But even among all the roles I've heard them in, 
I never knew that they could play a character like Lucy. Lucy is a seductive, tragic femme fatale, a complete departure from characters Emmy has done in the past. An incredible performance that I was so blown away by. Uh, Jet has given his award to Jeremy Lee for Kotaro Lives Alone. I've gotten pretty used to hearing Jeremy Lee as an actor over the years, and I thought I had a decent grasp of her range, but she somehow managed to pull off one of the most believable child voices I have ever heard from an adult woman with Katoro, and one-ups herself even further by not only showing some strong dramatic chops while maintaining that voice, but also doing an even more convincing version of a young Kotaro. True black magic if I've ever seen it. That is impressive. And so for my award, um, I am following in Steph's, foot, um, Steph's footsteps. Cool. Um, I am also giving my award to Christopher Waycamp for Madara, a.k.a. The Master, from uh, Natsume's Book of Friends. Yay! Uh, my reasoning is as such, um, it is basically the Chris Guerrero rule, um, mm. where... He is won by simply showing the extremes of his range all at once. A la Overlord? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I see where this is going, and I like that. Oh, hail. Hail, hail. Satan. <laughs> hail, I, Lord Eines. Um, All right. We got two of you left. Who's next, Mr. Wheel? Who is it? Is it Hardy or is it Megunei? Okay. Hardy, will you please give us your winners for voice acting Black Magic? Yes, my first winner is also going to Emmy Lowe for all the reasons the other guys have already listed. Uh, I could not believe that voice could come out of them. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's basically just saying the same thing. Um, my other entry, though, is kind of cheating. Uh-oh. Because because I don't think this person actually has to make this voice. I think that this just is their voice and this kind of voice existing in real life is kind of unnerving but at the same time impressive. It's gonna go to Corpse Husband from Tribe 9. Hey! <laughs> I love that! <laughs> because that's just how his voice is. It sounds mm -hmm. like something otherworldly. And uh, and if he can use it oh to gosh, his advantage and get more acting roles, shit. then good on him. Oh no, yeah, that like people think that's not his voice, and it's actually his voice. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I watched. Um, Hardy wasn't on the Tribe Nine episodes, but Patrick will recall this conversation. Um, I watched when the pandemic was originally kicking off a bit more. Um, a lot of Among Us videos, because Among Us was big at that point, and it was the ones with, mm -hmm. like, Valkyrie, Saikuno, Disguised Toast, um, all of those folks, and Corpse was there. My favorite ones are always the ones where Corpse is being introduced to new people, and the second he talks, people are like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, they're so confused, and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and, um, it, and Corpse is a big sport during those. It's funny. But, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, y'all. We're going to move on to our Megan. next. Oh, Megan. No, wow. I didn't. A pox on my house. A pox on my did house. I, did I do my awards? No, a pox on my house. A pox on my house. Give me the poxes on my house. God damn. 
Bedtime. God <laughs> damn it, bitch. How dare so I? So I'm cheating. I'm cheating because I normally, myself, as we all know, I don't like to give awards for people who are up in previous years. But I actually had a hard time picking this year. Yeah. So, and I, you're also going to laugh. Um, okay, so I, I won't put, take a sip of my I coffee. Put, so first of all, um, I put Scott Gibbs uh, for... for for the case study of Vanitas oh, as Dr. Moreau. Fuck. And by the way, I put it in my sheet as Scott Gibbs as Scott Gibbs. <laughs> God damn I, Moreau did have more to do in season two, so that's fair. <laughs> I, yeah. So if you've never seen him as Dr. Moreau, I would not believe that was ever him as a human being. I remember this It was fucking wild. <laughs> um. Um. So, I would like to say this. There are times in everything that happens in the world where a show that has a huge fan base, a very, very particular fan base, Uh has a dub come out, and they cast a relatively unknown actor as one of the most beloved characters in the series. And you're all sitting there on the first night of the show's dub dropping and Twitter's on fire because you're into Don May and Hewa Chang opens your mouth and the entirety of Twitter gets wetter than Shamu and Splash Zone. Hi, James Cheek. I met you in person. Take my voice acting Black Magic Award for making the entire Twitter sexual for your voice. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Hold on. What happened? Everybody heard, everybody heard James Cheek say lines as Hua Chang and all were like, what the fuck? This is so hot. What the hell? Which show is this? Heaven's official blessing. Okay, just making sure I lost I lost the plot on that for a second. Yeah, so Heaven's official blessing, James Sheik, Black Magic Award. You're welcome. Also, he has a podcast he does with his brothers called Guys and Dolls. It's 18 plus and they talk about Barbie movies. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, shit. Guys, and, well, you said Guys and Dolls and it made me think of the musical and then you described That's it why they movies. did it. Oh, I love that. I fucking love that. All right. Anyway, the pox on my house is over for the second time. Let's see how many more times tonight it happens to me. Um, All right. So our next award uh, is actually a, is kind of a jury award, essentially. There's only one winner for the entirety of the group. Um, And I think... The only way to really introduce this is let somebody else take the reins. Um, so we are going to give the reins over to Amon uh, as he lets us know the winner for this year's Unsung Hero Award. Take it away, Amon. Hi, I'm Amon, here to present the Unsung Hero Award, celebrating people in the anime industry whose contributions may have been overlooked for one reason or another. In the past, we've given this award to people who are more directly tied to dubbing anime, but this year we wanted to give it to someone whose impact on the U.S. industry goes beyond that and really can't be understated. Even if you don't know his name, you've probably used the company he co-founded. This year, our recipient for Unsung Heroes, the one, the only, the Dark Lord himself, Sean Kleckner, 
co-founder and now former president of Right Stuff Incorporated. Right Stuff was originally founded as a company to buy and sell telescopes, but it pivoted to anime distribution in the late 80s to put out the 1960s Astro Boy series, and from there it kept expanding, eventually becoming one of the biggest anime realtors in the U.S. Anyone who regularly buys anime and manga in this country has probably used the Right Stuff at least once, and its impact as a one-stop shop for anime and related Japanese media cannot be overstated, particularly its reputation as a company that gave a damn about good customer service, often going beyond what they would need to do if they just wanted to be financially successful. I certainly know that most of the anime I bought over the years has come through Right Stuff's website, and none of that would have been possible without Sean. Kudos to him for all his good work, and whatever he's going to do in the future if retirement doesn't suit him. You do good, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amon, for that wonderful speech, and congratulations to uh, Mr. Kleckner for his win uh, as the unsung hero for this year. We hope you enjoy your retirement. Godspeed, Dark Lord. Godspeed. We love you, Dark Lord Klacknacker. We salute these. Patrick, hands up! <laughs> salute! Salute! salute. <laughs> um, Alright, our next award is... Oh, Lord. It's, we're back to viewer's choice again. I just realized that. Um, our next award is another viewer's choice award. Uh, this time, it's for best returning performance in a dub. Uh, these are the performances that are in sequels, prequels, um, spinoffs uh, for, for actors that return to a designated role that they have played in the past. So, let's see. Oh, I should have taken myself out of that. Oh, that respin. Uh, we're going to see who gets to read it this time. Uh, let's see. It is going to be... It is going to be Megune. Megan. Yay! And best you... returning actor? Yes, I just put it in the chat. Will you please read the nominees for best returning actor for viewer's choice? Your nominee... Sorry. Your nominees for best returning actor, Felicia Angeal, The Devil is a Part-Timer, Season 2. Danny Chambers, The Ancient Magus Bride, The Boy from the West, and The Night of the Blue Storm. Aaron Dismuke, Dr. Stone, Ryusui. Billy Kometz, 86, Part 2. Lex Lang, Jujutsu Kaisen, Zero. Emmy Lowe, Shadow's House, Season 2. Lydia McKay, Fruits Basket, Prelude. Matthew Mercer, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Molly Circe, The Case Study of Vanitas, Part 2, and Alexis Tipton, Kaguya-sama, Love is War, Ultra Romantic. The, and the, the, the fucking, the, 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 the yeah, and the winner is Matthew Mercer for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Yay! Congratulations to Matthew Mercer! Yes. All right, our next award, congrats, congrats. Um, our next award, we're gonna go back to performance awards. This time, because we already did the supporting roles, let's go back to our lead performances, starting off with the best lead performance in a dub for a comedy. Uh, pretty self-explanatory, I would say. And the first pick, first, I'll say the first victim. First victim on the chopping block is... Megan, will you please give us your winners for best lead performance in a comedy? All right. So, my first lead award for best actor in a comedy 
I don't know if I should say this about them because they might be uh, turning into sand. <laughs> and that is Frank Tirado as Draluke in The Vampire Dies in No Time. Oh my god. What a pathetic little man he is. <laughs> Draluke is pathetic, hilarious, heartwarming, and hysterical. The moment that sealed it for me was when he said he was going to throw hands in the fucking little Dracula voice. Like, like, not only is Frank Tirado being this absolutely dumb vampire who is so terrible at vampiring that he quite literally turns into the Sahara Desert if you sneeze at him wrong. <laughs> if he locked eyes with, Miss, with Principal Skinner and Krabappel in the storage closet and the baby blinked at him, he would turn into sand as well. And not only is he okay, I sent that looking Patrick directly in the eyes as he puts a sour gummy worm in his mouth. And now he's fucking dying. Good job. Good job. Bravo. Bravo. Oof. But not only is he doing that, he's doing it all with a a not annoying, but very well put together, shitty vampire accent. Frank Tirado, I would pay money for you to dub over Nicolas Cage and the Vampire's Kiss in your draw Luke voice. Or, Twi- or Edward and Twilight. God damn it. But sometimes... A girl is hungry. Uh-oh. Hungry for more than a golden ham. Oh, no. And sometimes you've got to eat that horse. <laughs> and that horse is a shitty boyfriend. Oh, no. So, Brittany Lauda, come collect your second award and double fist it for girlfriend, girlfriend. God damn it. She is the worst. Like Andrew said, she is worth watching that double loan. Did I lose brain cells? Yes. Am I entitled to compensation for Morgan and Morgan for watching this? Yes. <laughs> but I did it for you, Josh. And Brittany Lauda was fucking worth it. Screaming about mommy milkers. Acting, putting yourself in a bunny suit. Brittany Lauda, you were fantastic Asaki Saki. Please, I hope you get to do more shit like this again. Mic drop. Oh, <laughs> oh I love that. All right. Let's see who's going next for lead in a comedy, shall we? Uh, meanwhile, my cat has decided to get up and decided to play. So if you hear any noise, that's my cat. Okay. Just give him a, just give him a pair of Andrew's pants. Nah, he's, he's been napping on the back of the couch for since mm-hmm. before we started recording. Um, it's good mm-hmm. that he gets some energy out. Anyway, uh, Patrick, will you please give us the winners for all the other hosts for best lead performance in a comedy? Yes, I can do that for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so starting with Noah, we have Megan Shipman as Anya and Spy Family. Uh, Gigi's is going to be Amelie in My Dress Up Darling. Jackson's is going to be Morgan LeRae in Laid Back Camp. Um, I built up this dub a lot in my head. Morgan is very different from the Japanese performance, but she makes it her own. Uh, So much comedy from being a big ball of energy and unafraid to give the silliest line reads possible. 
Jamal's goes to Clifford Chapin in Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic. A full disclaimer, while I enjoyed Cliff's take on the character, that does not discount Aaron in the role of Miyuki. I love both takes on Miyuki equally. Uh, that having been said, man, I always knew Cliff was good in comedies, but this really takes the cake. And Cliff never missed a beat standing in for Aaron, especially the rap episode. Uh, Amon has Ben Balmacita as Raido in Aharon San That show. Wahakaranai. I just call it Aharon San. <laughs> okay. That's what I just call it. If you want to go. Uh, the best two seconds of a dub in 2022 was Ben shouting, I gotta, I gotta tell the Pafies after <laughs> seeing a giant snowman. <laughs> Um, Andrews is also going to go to Ben Balmasina for Aharon Um, I was torn between choosing Amelie for Dress Up Darling and this. I could have flip-flopped between the two all day, but man, Ben as Raido is maybe my favorite performances, or is maybe my favorite performance all year. To be stoic, funny, and somehow still expressive and emotive while staying mostly quiet is super tricky, and Ben made it seem easy. Also, I love Raido. He's so fucking stupid. And affectionate. Rido he's so dumb. fucking stupid. Rido is so fucking dumb, but he's the best. Uh, Jets goes to Kimberly and Campbell uh, for Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. Um, while I wasn't too big on the show when it first came out, the dub gave me a better impression of it, and that was helped by Kimberly's performance. She does a great job delivering the right amount of snark and smugness to make a character like Nagatoro work, and I got a solid laugh out of some of her antics. And last but not least, I have my own award, which I am also giving to Lord Draluk from The Vampire Dies in No Time. Um, what can I add on to what Megan has already said? Like... The great thing is he does the goofy vampire voice, but it never overpowers the performance. Uh, he plays Draluk as such a magnificent goofball. Um, who really just wants to play video games. That's all he really wants. <laughs> Except even if he drinks somebody with too rich blood, he he turns into a cheap tourist attraction in the state of Maine. <laughs> you know which one. <laughs> which one? Which one? Hold on. I'm trying to think. What's gotta, that? Which one? I gotta know. The the, the desert of Maine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Took me a second. I'm like, is he thinking the desert of Maine? <coughs> That's amazing. All right. Let's... Your campgrounds are nice, though. It is. All right. Thank you for those awards from my other hosts. Let's see, Hardy's you or me. Okay. Hardy, will you please give us your winners for best lead performance in a comedy? Uh, yeah. Earlier, a few of the others put this actor in underrated performance for this particular role. But I decided to put them here because I cannot stress to you how well he how well he portrayed this the titular character um, my first award goes to Joe Daniels for your boy Kong Ming mm, okay yeah 
his performance is not your typical because Kong, the way Kong means speaks, he's very poetic. He's very decisive. Uh, he speaks very concisively to the point where it could be mistaken as a bad line read, but no, that's just the kind of character that Kong Ming is. He speaks to you in prose and um, eloquency. And I just have to give Joe Daniels my spot here at Best Lead Performance because I think that it sort of flew under the radar and it needs more attention than it what it got. For my second award, just know this could have been a three-way tie. Mm, I know where this is going. Because you could put three names in a hat, draw one out, and they all could have been. It, it's a three-way tie between the forgers. I decided to go with Alex Organ as Lloyd, mainly because it's nice to see him in dubs again, for one thing. Mm -hmm. And also, his sort of methodical nature of overthinking things between going there and being dumb as a rock when it comes to being a father. I think that puts it over the top. But really, it could have been him... Natalie Van Sistine or Megan Shipman in the spot. But for right. me, I'm going with Alex. Okay. That leaves me. Mm -hmm. My two winners have already been spoken for, I think, at this stage. Um, <clears throat> for my winners for best lead performance in a comedy, um, my first one's also going to go to Amelie as Marine Kitagawa in My Dress Up Darling. She is this bombastic, energetic little gremlin who is the cool popular girl but is also a goddamn nerd <laughs> um and wants to cosplay uh different characters from video games and tv shows so she a nerd and how amelie pulls off the fun little moments for marine is just a delight uh and this role is definitely a career highlight for her so she gets one of my awards. The other award, in a similar vein to Hardy, is could be a three-way <laughs> fucking tie between the Forgers. Um, so let's be real on that one. But I also decided to pick Alex Organ as Lloyd Forger. Um, as essentially the primary face of the Forger family and its patriarch. Um... <laughs> Alex brings the fun, dutiful, like, serious, stoic nuances of Twilight, but also the fun, f interesting family man dynamic of Lloyd Forger, uh, even though he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing as a dad. <laughs> it's all for the mission. Um, and also, as Hardy said, it's great to see him in dubs again, because the last time he had a lead role like this was, if I'm right, was goddamn Death Parade when Dub Talk started as a fucking thing. Jesus fucking Christ. So, <laughs> I didn't, I don't believe I ever gave him a W award before, so it's five, six years in the making now, seven, however fucking long we've been doing this. Um, so, congrats to Alex uh, for 
best lead performance in a comedy. But I, I do agree. Between the Forgers, it was fucking hard to figure out which or Forger to give this to. I will say that. Um, Alright. Our... Uh, I just saw my cat jump down from something. I want to make sure he wasn't getting in trouble. All right. <coughs> Our next award of the evening uh, is another best leading performance, but this time we're going to shift genres again, and we're going to go to drama. So best lead performance in a drama. Uh, let us see who is going to be first on the chopping block. Ooh. <laughs> it me! Hey. It's a me, Mario. Again. Wahoo. <laughs> Wahoo. Um, all right. Best lead performance in a dub for drama. So, these two are very interesting performances. Um, I want to first highlight a lead performance for an individual who. Weirdly enough, has never had a lead fucking performance in the long-ass career that this man has had. Uh, one of my winners definitely has to be Mike McFarland as Otakawa um, in Odd Taxi. <laughs> Otakawa is an interesting curmudgeon of a man <laughs> who happens to also be a walrus. <laughs> um, it's very subtle. It's Goo-goo-ka-joob. Goo-goo-ka-joob. <laughs> I am the walrus. Um, Mike Mike has a very interesting, complex character to him. It's very subtle. It's very quiet. Um, and Otakawa is just, is nine times out of ten in the wrong place at the wrong time. Dealing with random bullshit throughout the course of the show. Um, and I think Mike McFarland... Just pull, just plays this character so well, and I enjoyed every second of it. Um, it's again one of those shows that I watched like in the past year that kind of stuck with me throughout the whole course of the year. And why are you getting into things, cat? Ash, <laughs> swear to God, Mom, I want a dubby. No, he wants to get in trouble. <laughs> Crazy boy. All if right. he wants a dubby, he has to earn it like Moxie. <laughs> oh, are you coming to say hello? Oh, Mom, give me pants. Mom, I crave the pants. Andrew has his pants, so I can't really help. Daddy him. has more than one pants. Give me other pants. He only likes certain pants, and Andrew has those. Mom, pants. this puss. <laughs> mommy, mommy, I, mommy, pussy belongs in pants. <laughs> I have no, no, no. Ah, cat. I picked him up and he decided I'm going to go now, Mom. Um, Alright. Anyway. As for my other winner for Best Lead Performance in the Drama. This one was kind of a last minute addition. And somehow this performance was that complex that it beat out all my other nominees for this award. And I will probably butcher the name of this character so I'm not even going to try because I don't want to fuck it up. There's this little show called Link Click that I just recently watched. And um, there's a character that is voiced by one Alejandro Saab. And if, if y'all are familiar with Link Click, it basically is the show where these two guys 
try and solve mysteries or help people um, through diving into the past through photos, with Alejandra's character primarily being the one who does the diving into the photos, and Zeno Robinson's character, Lou, being his guide. And Alejandra's performance is a tour de force, because his character goes through a lot of different motions, whether it's wanting to be able to help someone in need, is curious to know what would happen if I were to change someone's fate, which is a big no-no in all those time-traveling type of shows, as we all know. Um, all the way to experiencing pain and loss, and also experiencing and trying to right the wrongs for his mistakes. Um, it is a very interesting show. Um, one that I'm happy I managed to watch at the last minute in its entirety, and I'm very excited for season two. Um, but Alejandro, I think, was a huge part of why I enjoyed it so much. Him, Both him and Zeno could have won, honestly. But I think <laughs> in terms of character and the complexity of that character, which makes for a much more compelling performance, I had to give it to Alejandro Saab uh, for Link Click. All right, wheel! All right. Hardy, will you please give us your Wheel winners? Wheel of the W. Mm -hmm. Spin, spin, spin. <laughs> Hardy, will you please give us your winners for best lead performance in a dub for drama? I also had to give my first award to, for Mike McFarlane simply because after all this time, having been such an integral actor in the English anime experience, he's finally, finally, finally has his own first lead performance. And... Um, it's not the most, it's not the most um, energetic. It's not the most uh, exacerbated or active role. Otakawa is just sort of a grumpy middle-aged man, sort of dealing with his life. And don't want to say this personally. Don't take offense, Mike, but he's kind of perfect for that role. <laughs> oh no! But, um, it's so good, though. Yeah, but. Uh, I knew since October of last year, as soon as it was eligible, I knew exactly who I was going to give my best lead performance in a drama to. Because I know this person, this person worked so hard for so long. They didn't cheat. They didn't buy their way into it. They genuinely earned their dream job. I have to give it, but I'm starting to choke up a bit. <laughs> I have to give it for Kira Buckland as Jolene and JoJo's Bizarre Aww. Adventure Stone Ocean. Don't yeah. let your memes be dreams, kids. Oh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Can you stop being a oh. Is it my turn, I guess? No, I haven't spun the oh, wheel. Oh, do we spin? Oh. I need to spin oh, right. the wheel, but my cat's being a gremlin. Hold on. Let him be a gremlin. Ash, Ash has rights. He's hiding under the fucking knights. The, the fucking um. Side wheel of the dubby, spin, spin, spin. Who will announce the dubbies that actors will win? Uh, spin the fucking wheel while I watch my goddamn cat be a gremlin. Um. Excuse me. All right, Megune. 
Please give us your winners for best lead performance in a drama while I try to get my cat out from under the goddamn side table. So for my first uh, award for lead in a drama, I also was very captivated by a small independent Chinese series called Link Click. Cool. And Alejandro Saab as Xiang Zhaoxi was fucking amazing. Thank you for pronouncing the name because I would have butchered it. I'm bad at it, but I have Dongwa that helps me. Um, I have Mon- uh, Dong- Dong- Oh my god, is Dongwa the animation? Don May! Thank you. I have Don May books that help me. And Alejandro just absolutely is the heart and soul of Link Click to me. He has- both the upbeat energy of this goofball who jumps back in time to playing out some vul vulnerabilities deep buried down. And if you've like the whole, all of Link Click can be called the pain train, oh my but God. specifically the, I want to give specific kudos to the basketball arc. That broke me. And that was three episodes of pain. Where, especially when Alejandro has to play these vulnerabilities out of his parents never coming back through another person watching his mother die and everybody he loves die. And just when he breaks down into, when when Zhangxi uh, breaks down into Lu Guang's chest, you just feel every fucking moment of his tears and his anguish and his pain. And my other award for best at lead performer in a drama has to go to Siren Strange as Requiem and the Rose King to take for to take Richard's arc these the love of a father the betrayals the demons inside to have loved and to lost. And to play such a character who goes through their own LGBTQ crisis and identity and to hold their head so high in a year. Siren was the only person I ever wanted to play this character. It's is just everything. Siren Strange had a fucking gangbusters year all over and i am so glad to see that they have come so far in such a short amount of time they are without a doubt the the person who had my lock all year for their role they were absolutely compelling and beautiful in their role and siren i hope you get to hear this so siren you are fantastic and congratulations on your award. Alright. Oh, Patrick. I believe that leads All right, to Alright, let's you. do this. Mm -hmm. Lead performance drama. Yes, so sir. Noah has, um, has given his award to Mike McFarlane um, as he or she in Odd Taxi. Um, Gigi has given it to Kara Buckland in JoJo Stone Ocean. Jackson has given his award to Kaylee McKee um, for Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. 
Uh, banner year for Kaylee, and I have to highlight their theatrical lead. Through all of Utah's sadness, ag- anger, and budding friendships, their performance shines. Uh, Jamal has also given his award to Alejandro Saab for Link Click. Fuck yeah. I think Alejandro took Andrew's dubby from last year as a challenge accepted. Granted, that one was for comedy. Uh, because his emotional investment in Link Click challenged all his character's strengths. Uh, he not only met the challenge, but he exceeded expectations. Honestly, this might be one of his best performances of all time. Alright, and Amon has given his to Madeline Morris as Sorawo in Other Side Picnic. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madeline has to play a character who would both agree to get drunk at the beach and shoot guns and also casually explain how the rest of her family died in a fire that broke out at the cult compound they were living in. And you know what? She does. Andrews goes to Jeremy Lee for Kotaro Lives Alone. Um, in an incredible year for anime and dubs, nothing in this world prepared me for Jeremy Lee as Kotaro. A self-reliant, emotionally traumatized four-year-old is not her usual type, but God, did she move me to actual tears. It's a uniquely strange, equally heartbreaking performance that still sticks out in my mind. All right, and Jet has also given his award um, to Mike McFarlane for Otakawa and Odd Taxi. Uh, From Master Roshi to Buggy the Clown, Mike McFarlane has delivered plenty of solid and iconic performances over the years, but somehow never had a leading role until this show, and it's a real shame. Not only is he a fantastic fit for Otakawa's grumpy and awkward behavior, uh, but he also delivered on one of the strongest and most well-rounded performances of his career, which is saying a lot. It may have taken a couple of decades for him to be a lead, but hopefully this won't be the last time. Um, and last but not least, my award goes to Casey Mangelo uh, for Tribe Nine. Ooh, okay. Um, so in a dub with a bunch of solid performances, um, Casey kind of had to be the emotional core of the series, um, considering you know episode three and what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think they did an exceptional job with it. Um, going from sort of the naive, uh, zero confidence, <clears throat> sort of second string baseball batter to, you know, an absolute <laughs> slugger. Um, I think this performance was a home run. So congratulations, Casey. <laughs> home run. All right. Um, Puns. Anyways. Our next W Award on the chopping block. Thank you, everybody, for your winners. Uh, we're doing some more Viewer's Choice W Awards. Uh, this time it's the Viewer's Choice W Award for Best Lead Performance in a Dub. And I want to make sure everybody gets to read one. So I'm making an executive decision. Hardy, will you please read the nominees for Best Lead Performance in a Dub? I would love to. Your nominees for Best Lead Performance Viewer's Choice Award are... Ben Balmasita, Aharinsan Wa Hakaranai, Kira Buckland, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, Kimberly Ann Campbell, Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro, Kyle Ignazi, Sabiku Ibisco, Amalie, My Dress Up Darling, Emmy Lowe, Cyberpunk Edgerunners, Mike McFarland, Odd Taxi, Kylie McNeil, Bell, Alex Organ, Spy Family, 
and Karen Strange, Requiem of the Rose King. And the winner is... Don't let your dreams be memed, kids. It's Kira Bucklet from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure yeah. Stone. <laughs> Yay! Oh, damn. Congrats Hashtag to Kira. Hashtag JoJo. JoJo's, JoJo's suite might be happening. She might be oh, yeah. happening. Holy hell. All right. We'll find out, though. Um, but congratulations to Kira Buckland for her win. I think she's been nominated once or twice in the past, though. So this is her first win. Mm-hmm. Con- again, congratulations to uh, Kira for mm-hmm. winning best viewer's choice for best lead performance. Mm-hmm. Well deserved. All right. Moving on. We're going to go back to some much more technical awards uh, for viewers for not viewer's choice. Wow. That's not what we want. Uh, for the W Awards. Uh, first is going to be the W Award for Best Writer. Um, these are going to be for ADR writers and their scripts from this past year that we just downright enjoyed. Um, the first person to go is going to be... Let us see, Mr. Veal. Okay. <laughs> it me. Alright, my winners for Best Writing. Uh, for an English dub. So, I picked, I ended up picking a comedy and a drama, ironically enough. So, <laughs> best writing. For the comedy that won this award, I'm going to give this to the hilarious and wonderful script uh, that d- was done by Madeline Morris for Aharinsan. Uh, <laughs> Aharinsan is a weird amalgamation of, like, funny gags um timely gags kind of it, um for like maybe mid-2000s late 2000s or early 2010s because you know fidget spinners are a thing in that show um and just some of the moments and the gags especially some of Raito's delusions can be some of the funniest fucking shit in the whole world and i think the script helps very much with the comedic timing of the performances and it helps with the overall direction of the show. So the writing, I think, that Madeline Morris puts into Ahed and San is just so much fun. As for <laughs> the best writing on the drama side that I managed to pick, um, Megan described this show as the pain train when we were just talking about lead performance and drama. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, I have to give the other best writing award to Jeremy Kratz for his work on Link Click. Because, dear sweet baby Jesus, there's a lot. There's a lot in this show. You have all of the time travel stuff, you have all the mystery elements that happen, you have all of the fucking like, emotional pain train. The goddamn basketball three-parter thing destroyed my ass. Like, I was just, like, a wreck. Marathoning the show was a horrible idea on my part, but here I am. (laughs) Uh, Getting to talk about how fantastic Jeremy Kratz's writing is. Jeremy Kratz's writing in general has always been phenomenal. I have never really had any issues with his writing. Um, This year, I feel like his work on Link Click was just 
shift keys. Um, but yeah, Madeline Morris for Ahad and Son and Jeremy Kratz for Link Click are my winners for best writing. Let's see, Mr. Wheel, what do we got next? Who is on the chopping block next? Aha! Megune, can you please give us your winners for best writing? Thank you, I will. So my first uh, writing award will follow Steph. And I too gave Jeremy Katz an award for Link Click. Fuck yeah! Um, Don May's a lot harder to work with, I think, adapting than maybe somebody who's used to working on a, a Japanese anime. And Jeremy not only did that, but was able to keep such a soul that Link Click had to never give away the mystery too fast, but to also keep the heart of the emotionality that's there. And I 100% would recommend you watching it if you have not watched Link Click yet. Mm -hmm. um, he lets Alejandro and Zeno uh, and uh, Susie Young and a lot of people get to act out his, his brilliant writing. And my other Best Writer Award is going to go to Jared Green for Ranking of Kings. Jared's writing for Ranking of Kings both captured the spirit of the show while never making it feel like it was too far out of its fantasy elements. He let the show both breathe and live through his actors while still keeping, again, the heart of Kings. I think that this is Ranking of Kings might be Jared's best adaptation work of all time. And I 100% I want to give him all the love in the world for, for working on Ranking of the Kings. Alright. Let's Good picks, good picks. Uh, let's see, who is next? Patrick, could you please give us the other host winners for best writing? Sure. Alrighty. Uh, so starting off, we have Noah's award, which is going to go to Mike McFarlane for Odd Taxi. And then GG's will be Natalie Von Sistine, assisted by Kieran Filton, for A Couple of Cuckoos. Uh, for Jackson, uh, we have Madeline Morris uh, for her writing on Ahar and Son. I called it before that this would make my end-of-the-year list. Congrats, Andrew. Uh, very quotable and punchy dialogue with some clever solutions to wordplay. Uh, Jamal's is going to Jessica Slice for Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic. Um, I truly admire Jessica's subtle take on the comedic and dram dramatic aspects of Kaguya-sama's dub. Uh, narrator notwithstanding, the references she also slips in come out so organically it's like breathing air. Uh, <laughs> you forgot something. Oh. Now where's my Blu-ray Anaplex? Ah, there it is. Uh, Amon's is going to Heather Gonzalez for Kataro Lives Alone. Uh, this show really should not work on any level given its subject matter and tone, and yet it does anyway, and Heather is able to carry that through the dub script. Uh, Andrew is also giving his award to Madeline Morris for, excuse me, Aharon's Son. Aharon's Son is incredibly quirky show with a great dub. But the glue that holds it together really is Madeline's writing. 
Uh, she understands each character's weird eccentric habits and makes the script incredibly funny and humanizes everyone too. She also managed to fit Kobe, Boom Shakalaka, and Welcome to the Jam all in a single two-minute <laughs> basketball scene, so it's objectively perfect. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jets is also going to Mike McFarlane for Odd Taxi. Uh, Odd Taxi is a show that lives and dies on a lot of the natural conversation between its varied cast of characters. And while it can't have been easy to make that work while also adjusting the script to match the lip flaps, Mike McFarlane pulled it off and all of the dialogue feels pretty grounded. Plus, he had to come up with lines for a quirk character that speaks entirely in rap and make sure that they both match the lip flaps and stayed on meter. How could you not give this man an award for making that work? And last but not least, my award goes to Jessica Slice as well, uh, but this time for Sabaqui Bisco. Mm. Um, Bisco has a very small number of characters, so the dynamics have to be pitch perfect. Um, and I think the script writing helped a lot with that, mainly making a lot of the dialogue punch in English. Um I think Jessica did a really good job conveying that with the characters. Um, the The show is very funny and also has a lot of a heart to it. Again, assisted by the script writing. All right. I think last but not least, that leaves Hardy. Will you give us your winners for best writing, please? So for the longest time, I had a hard time picking out exactly what to put here for best writing. Mm -hmm. But then I woke up one day and decided I wanted to choose violence. <laughs> oh, no. Why? No! What kind of violence? <laughs> Anything that can make the snobby weaves poop their pants <laughs> is okay with me. Okay. Because it would be sus of me otherwise. I have to give this to Melly Grant for Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. Cool, yes. Nice. I love this. Yeah. No, it's just, I think a lot of people complain about modern slang in dubs when they don't realize that Japanese teens do have their own slang. They just don't translate over well. And so, yes, you have, it's in that situation it makes sense in a way to use modern american slang and watching them get their knickers up in a bunch was oh so fun for me so so kudos to melly for making it work and uh and yeah lastly i also have to give this to mike mcfarland for odd taxi because odd taxi is such a hard show it focuses so much on japanese dialogue it is such a dialogue driven show that in order to translate it and make it work with the lip flaps which is not easy on this show because a lot of times if you'll notice the characters talk over each other mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it had just like jet said it was it had to have been a very difficult job but i think mike absolutely uh did a great job on it Right. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Let's now shift gears from writing to another very important and integral part of the dubbing process. Aside from writing and, you know, mixing and all that fun stuff, let's talk about directing. 
Uh, these are. This is going to be the award, the W Award for Best Director. Uh, and let's see who's going to kick this one off. Mr. Wheel, will you tell us who's going first today? 101, holy shit. Yo. Hey, Patrick, will you please give us the winners for the other host's picks for Best Director? Certainly. Uh, so Noah had Bill Millsap for Odd Taxi. Um... Gigi had Howard Wang for the new sound cadence dub of Prince of Tennis. Uh, so Jackson, his winner is um, Ranking of Kings, as directed by Caitlin Glass and assisted by Emmy Lowe and Aziz Tarsha. Uh, some really great choices with this dub, including casting and really nailing the highs and lows. We've had a couple non-verbal characters over the years, and one of the best in no small part. Uh, because everything is supporting them. Uh, Jamal has Austin Sisk for Link Click. Uh, for Austin's first time as a full-fledged ADR director, he managed to not only shine, but did so out of his element, directing a um, a Chinese animated series. For the record, for anybody who doesn't know, it's called a Donghua. Donghua. Uh, he... He flexes his versatility and skill set while directing Link Click, making him someone to watch out for in the future. Uh, Amon has Jeremy Lee, Jennifer Losey, and Michael Center Nicholas um, for the series Katara Lives Alone. Again, this show should not work. Watching it is like watching a ball defy the laws of physics over and over for no reason. It is a testament to Jeremy, Jennifer, and Michael's skills that they managed to retain the tonal balance and make it not merely half bad, but great and fitting for a weird, complicated show. Uh, Andrews is for David Wald for Given. One of the boldest claims I've made is that David Wald is one of the best directors in anime dubbing. Uh, his work on Given continues to support this. An incredibly charming, emotional ballad of an anime directed with such heart and care that it resonates throughout. They couldn't have asked for a better conductor for this song. Uh, Jet has Bill Millsap for Odd Taxi. Odd Taxi had to have been difficult show to nail down in tone, as a lot of it, uh, as a lot of its drama centers around a lot of casual conversation and natural sounding delivery. But Bill managed to make it all feel pretty seamless and kept the cast feeling grounded, even as everything in the show kept escalating. And then you have... And then, last but not least, my choice is Shannon Reed for Ya Boy Kong Ming. Um, ya Boy Kong Ming is a very complicated show to adapt. Um, while they did not, at least as of the streaming dub release, they hadn't dubbed the songs... Uh, there are still a lot of complicated moving pieces as it deals with one of the greatest pieces of Chinese literature ever written. Um, Shannon does a great job balancing that alongside the musical aspects, or I'm sorry, the music industry aspects, um, and a lot of the character drama. Uh, so kudos, Shannon, for ya boy Kong Ming. All right. Let's see who is on the chopping block next for Best Director. Let's see, Mr. Wheel, what do you got for us? Wheel of the Dubbies. Spin, spin, spin. 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 Oh, Tell yep. us who's announcing the Dubbies they've, they'll win. 
It was almost Megan, but it's me instead. <laughs> All right, so my winners for best director. Um, both of my winners for de- best director. Again, weirdly enough, I picked one for drama, one for comedy. Apparently, um, both of my directors for both of my wins for best director are very interesting in their own right, um, especially with the material that they each had to go through. Uh, one of my winners actually has already been said. Uh, that would be the wonderful directing team of Caitlin Glass, Emmy Lowe, and Nazit Harsha uh, for Ranking of Kings. Ranking of Kings is an, a very interesting little tour de force with so much going on with it. And especially with the character of Boji. Like I said in the beginning when we went to when we were talking about the underrated performance in my giving my award to Emily Fajardo, playing a deaf character can be difficult at times. Um, we've seen we've seen similar, but also a very natural performance because of course she is deaf. Um, when we discussed a silent voice a few years ago, um, coming into Ranking of Kings. Not just Emily's performance was phenomenally directed and handled extremely well, but all of the other complexities and nuances of each of the performances of the entire cast was just stellar. From Lucy Christian to Queen Helling to Justin Bryder as Dida to Brianna Roberts as Mujika to um, fucking Sangwon Cho as Kage, who that's a fun fucking performance, and I love that. Um, The direction was just so well handled on this show, so I really wanted to give kudos to Caitlin and her team for a phenomenal job well done. On the comedy side, this is a show that people have been wanting to see for a few goddamn years, and the wait is finally over, and I think... The direction behind this is absolutely stellar. And you can hear from some of the other awards that have been given for this specific show tonight. um, You can tell how seamless of a cast this is. um, That it's very difficult to pick winners for specific awards because of it. Um, And I would account that to Fantastic Direction. Uh, My other award is going to go to the pairing of Chris George and Dallas Reed for Spy Family. Spy Family is another tour de force in a very different way, and it's all about this made-up family just trying to keep things together all for the sake of a goddamn mission and for world peace. And, of course, hijinks ensue. And from the fantastic performances of their three foragers, Alex Oregon, Natalie Van Sistine, and Megan Shipman, to... Our fun secondary characters like um, Dallas Reed as Yuri Breyer, Anthony Bowling as Frankie, uh, Barry Yandel as the goddamn teacher who we love, the elegant teacher we love so fucking much, um, to Stephanie Young as Handler. Um, it's, and, and fuck it, Tyler Walker is goddamn Bond the dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is, it is a fun show and it's so well executed it has it, it nails the comedic timing it nails the dramatic and serious and emotional points it's all around just such a f- fantastic show 
And I think a lot of it is accounted for by the direction. So for Chris and Dallas, you gentlemen did a spectacular job. So kudos to you. Alrighty. Who is the next victim? We'll decide. We'll decide. Who is it gonna be? Is it me or Hardy? Hardy, will you please give us your winners for best director? Um... I mean, I mean, yeah, just again, Caitlin Glass with Emmy Lowe and Nazi Tarsha for Ranking of Kings um, for very much the reasons you've already specified. It, they, she just she and her crew were able to take this very quaint little world that's different from other anime that you see. It looks different. It's it's other. It's it's just it, it doesn't even look like anime at first. And she's able to take these characters and weave them in so successfully into this fantastical little world and um, and the result is just absolutely phenomenal uh, but for my other award I'm going to give it to someone who I would not expect to have directed this show because looking at their extensive list of directorial um, efforts this show is not is very different for what the, she's done in the past. I have to give it to Wendy Lee for Cyberpunk Edge Rudders. Ooh, okay. Cyberpunk is high energy, um, very fast paced, expletive laden. Looking back into Wendy's past, she's done not this is not the kind of show that she's done in the past and to see her step forward and take charge of such a challenging product project um that's really quite impressive and i think it's a very very big note on her resume as a director so far so yeah wendy lee and caitlin glass Right. Uh, I guess that puts me up on the spot, of course. Yes. So my first award is going to also go, uh, I'm going to be joining Jamal and giving Austin Sisk an award for Link Click. Austin not only put together a phenomenal cast led by Alejandra Saab, Susie Young, and Zena Robinson, but was able to weave in so many people within the show. Um, Rico Bajardo's, Brendan McGinnis, Jessica Calvello, Jade Saxton, um, Jeremy Lee, um, J. Michael Tatum, just uh, everyone you can think of. And he got to tackle this a show that is a mystery, is a time-leaping show, and together with Jeremy on writing and his whole cast and crew, to have your first uh, solo directing show not even be anime, which you were, he did this, I believe, over at Okatron, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um you're working on a series that isn't even like what you've worked on. You're working on another country's animation. Um, there's different writing conventions, different ways to, to refer to each other. Like um, if you're ever interested in it, I, I highly suggest even if you can, if you can just sit in a Barnes and Nobles one day uh, for any of the Don May that seven seas has put out just to go over the glossary of terms they have in the back of it for stuff and you will see how intricately hard a, a dongwa and a Don may can be to work on and for austin to nail that so hard on his first his first solo show is amazing 
And under that same thing, I've got to give my other best directing to another person who's, this was their first solo directing project. This was their baby. And that is Joff, uh, Joff Bizante for Super Cub. Super Cub was so intimate and so well put together to have a cast that is at most five or six people and to be ma made or braked not only on the limited performances that you have, but in some cases limited dialogue where your show is going to live and die by, like I said, it's mixing. Joff? Joff? Is it Joff Bizante? It's, it's, it's Jeff. Oh, it's Jeff Bizante. Sorry, Jeff. Oh, it's spelled with a G, isn't um, it? Yeah, it's not yeah, Jeff, like I said with Bex mixing with Super Cub, everything in Super Cub has weight to it. Whether it be the sound of a nut being turned, oil being poured, the kick of the engine, and to get that, if it wasn't done as well as it did, I think it would fall apart. And that's something that a good director puts together. So I really want to give Jeff a huge shout out for Best Director with Super Cub. Right. Awesome. Congrats to all of our wonderful winners thus far. We mm -hmm. we are slowly heading into the home stretch because there are four awards left. All right, I think it's time to move on to our next award. Uh, this is the other uh, award decided amongst the mm -hmm. uh, Dub Talk hosts uh, for the year, and this is the W Award for Lifetime Achievement. Uh, this is a purse for a person involved in industry at least 20 years. Uh, and... For this year's recipient, we've asked Jet to let us know who the wonderful recipient is. So take it away, Jet. Hello, Jet here. For this year's Lifetime Achievement Award, the director recognized the one and only Johnny Unbosch. Johnny's career in voice acting stretches over 20 years, and even if you don't recognize his name, you've definitely heard his voice. But if you were a kid growing up in the 90s, You'd probably first remember his work in live action as the second Black Power Ranger, Adam Park, in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But his work in a world of voiceover first began in 2001, when he landed the role of Kanada in a pioneer dub of Akira. And for anyone watching Adult Swim in 2003, the role that put him on everyone's radar was getting to spread plenty of love and peace as a kind-hearted gunslinger, fast stampede, and dragon. Since then, he's gone on to lend his voice to many beloved characters, such as Isaiah Orihara and Durara, Sonoma Josar and Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Sabo and One Piece, and most famously, Ichigo Kurosaki and Bleach. He's even recently gotten to come back to where it all began, and reprising his role as a humanoid typhoon, and once again playing Vast Stampede in the new series, Track and Stampede. We at the Dubtop Podcast would like to thank and congratulate Johnny and Voss on his long career and hope that there's plenty more to come. And now, back to the OGs. Thank you so much, Jet, for the kind words, and congratulations again to Johnny Young Bosch, who is the 2022 recipient of the Lifetime Achievement W Award. Congratulations to you, sir. The stampede will keep on going. Aw, hell yeah. Congratulations. Shit, I can finally start watching that one. Fuck, yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> Every year I do this thing where I try to only focus on shows from the previous year. Yeah. So like period. a bunch of us, a bunch of a bunch of us have not watched anything from winter, and now we're like, fuck, we gotta catch up again. The only shows I have watched from past seasons so far have been My Hero, Irma. Um, Andrew sat me down through at least half of Chainsaw Man. Um, but now that that's over with, I can go back and now s- start with all these brand new shows. God damn it. Anyway, uh, before we move on to the big, the two big awards, big, big awards of the night, we still have a, another Viewer's Choice W Award to hand out. Uh, this time it's going to be for Best Returning Shit, Dub. Uh, our wonderful award for the sequels, prequels, reboots, all that fun stuff. I'm going to take Hardy out of the mix and we're going to do wheel spin on it. And see who is Yay. going to read this award. It is going to be Megune. Will you please tell I'm doing best returning. Correct. Will you please tell us the nominees for the viewers choice award for best returning dub? Your nominees for the best returning dub are 86 Part 2, directed by Ezra Weiss. The Case Study of Vanitas Part 2, directed by David Wald. Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, Entertainment District Art, directed by Steve Staley. The Devil is a Part-Timer, Season 2, directed by Jeremy Inman and Sarah Ragsdale. Dr. Stone Ryusui, directed by Michelle Rojas. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, Directed by Suzanne Goldish. Made in Abyss, The Golden City of the Scorching Sun. Directed by Kyle Kobe Jones. My Hero Academia, World Heroes Mission. Directed by Colleen Clinkenbeard and Jade Saxton. Shadow's House, Season 2. Directed by Sean Gann and Marcus Stimmick. Tiger and Bunny 2. Directed by Joe Mollier. And your winner is... Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc, directed by Steve Staley. Ow, my boobs hurt. I was using my boobs as drums. Don't fucking do do that. that. What the fuck is wrong with you? God, why? Why would you do that? Christ. (laughs) It's okay, Patrick's rubbing my back. Don't fucking do that. Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm sorry. They were big and flappy. Jesus Christ. They were right here. They're just on my chest and I don't know what to do with them. Just drum your fingers on the table next time. Jesus Christ. There you go. All right. Anyways. Good lord. Congratulations to the crew of Demon Slayer Entertainment District Arc for winning Best Returning Dub. Um, and live knowing that I, Megan, have touched more boobs than Zenitsu ever will. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Uh, anyway, we are down to our final two awards. Uh, this first one is our big award. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Dub Talk hosts winners for dub of the year and i have been asked to forego the wheel spin this time uh for this final award of ours well one of the final awards so hold on we want to see one thing first on the oscars there's a film called my year of dicks that's up to win and i want to see if it wins and they're doing it right now my year of dicks wait what 
My year of dicks? What is it up for? I'm best animated short. Cool. Interesting. What is it up against? Uh, we're learning. <laughs> My year of dicks. We're not knowing. And that we means Jimmy Kimmel this? has to say, "He said my year of dicks." <laughs> Penis. Oh, that looks so cool. <laughs> okay, my year of dicks should win for just shitty anime eye drawings. Oh my god, what? I really am going uh, to watch the Oscars after this, so I can understand. <laughs> It lost to it did my year of dicks did not win, which I am sad about, but <laughs> back to what we were doing. Right. It wins in my heart, damn it. <laughs> anyway. It made Jimmy Kimmel say the word dicks live on television. That's it amazing. won in my heart. <laughs> That's amazing. Anyway. Also, we this movie that won can actually animate a horse, Mappa. <laughs> Anyways. Alright. Okay. Dub of the year. I have been asked to forego the wheel spin this time, so I apologize, Mr. Wheel. Uh, we'll bring you back for one more round, though, in a few minutes. Um, so, I have been asked to forego the wheel, and therefore, Patrick, will you please give first the other host winners for Dub of the Year? Yes, I believe I shall. Um, for Noah... We have the winner, Odd Taxi. Uh, from Gigi, her winner is My Dress Up Darling. Uh, for Jackson, the winner is Belle. I had such a good time seeing this movie that on my way home from the theater, I literally had a spring in my step. Nothing else this year hit that high for me. Uh, for Jamal, we have Kaguya-sama, Love is War Ultra Romantic. Uh, they say the third time's charm, and Kaguya-sama is no exception. The combination of new and old voice actors, a well-executed dub script, and a soundtrack that references the 80s made the dub a delight to watch. Also, the rap is just chef guess. Uh, for Amon, we have Other Side Picnic. Uh, what can I say? I'm a mark for a show that combines mind-melting horrors, urban legends, Soviet-era Russian science fiction... And the all-American pastime of getting drunk and shooting guns at the beach. Yeah! <laughs> uh, for Andrew, we have My Dress-Up Darling. I love good romantic developments, uh, compelling character writing, and funny, witty dialogue. My Dress-Up Darling has all of that, plus incredible performances. My Dress-Up Darling is my W of the Year, because uh, it's got a little bit of everything that I love about dubs. And it's one I still look back on and remember fondly. Uh, to Emily Fajardo, Aaron Roberts, Leah Clark, Amelie, Paul Date, and everyone else involved in this dub, you did a damn good job. Uh, for Jet, we have Odd Taxi. Uh, picking between Odd Taxi and Ranking of Kings was like picking a favorite child, as both featured strong ensembles and the strength of casting a wide net with remote recording. In the end, though, I went with Odd Taxi because I honestly didn't think it would get dubbed. And not only did we finally get one, it turned out to be fantastic and had some unique performances from longtime veterans. And for my own dub of the year, um, I originally thought this was going to go to Ranking of Kings, and it was for about 11 months of the W eligibility period. Uh, in, the, in the 11th hour... It ended up becoming Natsume's Book of Friends. Um, 
it is such a sweet, 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 bittersweet, um, emotional roller coaster ride um, with great subtle nuanced performances and uh, absolutely wonderful character acting. Um, I do want to note that um, I recently watched a video from um, from a friend of the tr show, Tristan, a.k.a. Glass Reflection, um, where he had mentioned one of his annoyances with award shows was um, when every award pick seemed out of left field when compared to their, their top award. Um, I just want to note that I kind of deliberately picked spreading mine out uh, because I like giving awards out to as many people as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. All right. So I believe next on the chopping block, Hardy, will you please give us your winners yes. for Dub of the Year? One of them, the for my first Dub of the Year, this has been a show that came out pretty early in eligibility and has even had its second half uh, is eligible for next year's awards. And that's Spy Family. Because while there have been so many great shows and dubs this year, Odd Taxi could have been here, Ranking of Kings could have been here as well. Um, Spy Family was just wholesome. I just more than anything else it just it just it's just right it's got a comedy it's got action it's um it's just a really fun show and i hope that i can nominate it again next year but for my absolute dub of the year i think that pound for pound even though it came out very, very, very late in the eligibility. The fact that it came out all at once and the fact that it made an absolute smash upon its debut. I think that for the dub of the year, I have to agree, believe it or not, with Crunchyroll and give it to Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Ooh, okay. Because of its high energy high-impact, expletive-laden romp that has to be seen to believed. This is basically letting Hiroyuki Amaishi off his leash and letting him just go crazy. And the dub matches it beat for beat. Okay. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Um... But every once in a while, Netflix will have that one show that's a huge smash hit for them. And this year it was Cyberpunk. And I dare say it very, very well might be not only a great show, but the greatest video game adaptation ever made. That's I would agree. Long words. Mm -hmm. I don't know oh. if I can say that. I haven't watched it. I can't. I don't know if I can say that as the arcane person in the room. Oh. Fair. Well, I mean, I, I mean, Gungrave is horribly, horribly overlooked, in my opinion. But that's just me. All right. 
I, I was going to say, I guess Cyberpunk Edge Runner is the best thing that ever came out of a disastrous game, but Arcane's a League of Legends adaptation! <laughs> I'm allowed to make fun of... No offense, you cannot make fun of League unless you've played it for over ten years like I have. Um, Alright, Megan, will you give us your winners for Double It's Vita, my please? turn. It's my turn to spin. It's um, me. So my first dub of the year is going to go to a dub that quite literally sniped it. Because it was the last show that I watched before recording. So I thought of all the dongwas I was going to nominate, it wasn't going to be Link Click, but here we fucking are. Hey! Um, Link Click was an absolute delight. I, I had heard so many good things about the dub. Um, this is a shout out to you, Cat. Cat, I know this is your favorite dub of last year. You were right, Cat. <laughs> I'm so glad I watched this this dub. It is a tour de force. It is genuinely, I think, Alejandro. Like I'm up there thinking that it's it's some of Alejandro Sob's best. Probably some of my favorite work from Zeno as well. Actually, mm -hmm. uh, I've never actually heard Zeno play the more cool and calm character. And things. He's usually kind of the more energetic loud. Like, I mean, there's Hawks, but even Hawks still has some fire up his butt, if you ship him an Endeavor. Um, <laughs> God, damn God damn it. Um, but just, it was so, it was captivating from episode one. Like, the performances drew me in. It, it could nail the goofy, it could nail, it could nail the heartwarming of dressing up as a bunch of Sentai characters to make a kidnapped boy come back to absolutely funny moments of body swapping to the absolute heartbreak in mind games. Mm -hmm. um, Austin, for for this being someone's first directorial dub too, holy shit. But I never thought that this other show would be my other dub of the year. And it's weird because I watch the dub for my own birthday as a thing of like you know what people have told me good things about this show and I I kind of watched one to watch it because I watched a very similar show that was just a little bit too much for me because it looks like it was made by aliens <laughs> who don't know what teenage girls are oh no but from mixing to casting to writing to direction it's super cub okay it was super cub um out of all of these big bombastic shows that could deserve it there was something about just a girl learning to come to life through her hobby and be so genuinely heartfelt that even if this was a weird Honda Super Cub ad, which, by the way, this show was not a show ad show ad show paid for by Honda. <laughs> it was an actual light novel. Oh my god. So, I, I just want to say that. Um, Super Cub is up there, I think, for as one of my favorite slice of life dubs of all time. And I'm very happy it's on my shelf. So, Jeff, um, you and your team did a fantabulous job. Um, I am very happy to give you a dubby. However, I cannot buy you a Super Cub. I, I don't have the money for that. <laughs> I think he'll forgive you for that one. 
All right. I think that leaves me. It's mm -hmm. a me. All right. My two dubs of the year. It's me, Chris Pratt. <laughs> God damn it. It's me, not Chris Pratt. Um. All right. My two dubs of the year mm -hmm. are are pretty decent sized shows all things considered and each one of them has their own fun little quirks in and of itself um one of my awards I actually have to agree with Hardy uh and it's gonna go to Spy Family because Spy Family Spy Family is one of those ones that I was very much looking forward to because I had been reading the manga prior to this um in a rare move for me and just <laughs> this just this story about again this made up family just trying to get through their day and also world peace all for the mission is so wholesome and a little chaotic and it's a premise that really shouldn't work for how it is and yet they make it work here and it's done fantastically so again like i said before to chris george dallas reed and their wonderful cast and crew um kudos to you guys my other award a lot of this is gonna be repetitive stuff for my directing shtick uh because my other award actually is going to go to ranking of kings ranking of kings is such a tour de force it is it has those wholesome moments. It has those emotional beats. It has... It has such fantastical elements. And at the center of it are these two unlikely heroes that you would never, never in any other show think of as heroes. But it's this story about a little deaf boy and his little demon shadow friend who they both just want a place to belong realistically at the end of the day it has it gives it has all that heart to it and i cannot cannot give the show anything less than my other dub of the year so congrats to Kate and Glass, Emmy Lowe, Nazi Tarsha and then the rest of their um cast and crew uh Emily Fajardo, Song Wan Cho um and everyone who's involved in that show because it is just <laughs> absolutely phenomenal and I I really hope a season two happens I believe there was an OVA right yeah, yes. some sort of TV special. Yeah, so there is a TV special. I hope, first of all, Crunchy will dub that shit. Second of all, I really do hope. Mm -hmm. that there, I really do hope there's a second season, and I, I'm very curious to know what best best son Boji and his friend Kage get into, get kind of hijinks they get into in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, ladies and gents, we are down to our last award of the evening. And is the other big who, one. It is. Who do you think should read this one? I was gonna say fucking and wheel decide oh. with all four of us involved. Oh, oh. Okay, you can do it. Oh, I was gonna wheel decide it. Oh, okay then. Alright. So anyway, this is for uh, the Viewer's Choice Dubby Award for Dub of the Year 
Fuck it. We're wheel deciding it. Everybody's in I'll here. I'll crab of wisdom. <laughs> Who will get to say it? Mm. Who is it going to be? Ah, hey, go crab, tell me. Guess what? Is it me? It's Megan. I've already done a bunch, so I'm going to let Patrick do it. Okay, that works too. Because he's never here. All right, Patrick, will you please read us the nominees for Viewer's Choice W Award for Dumb of the Year? Oh, God, who let Mendy Kaling in? And your. Dubby Viewer's Choice nominations for Dub of the Year are Bell, directed by Michael Sinter Nicholas and Stephanie Shea, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, directed by Wendy Lee and Rick Zeef, Given, directed by David Wald, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean, directed by Courtney Sanford, Bill Millsap, and Tony Oliver, uh, Laid Back Camp, directed by Jade Saxon, Morgan LeRae, Sarah Ragsdale, and Kristen McGuire. My Dress Up Darling, directed by Emily Fajardo and Aaron Roberts. Odd Taxi, directed by Bill Millsap. Ranking of Kings, directed by Caitlin Glass, Emmy Lowe, and Nizzy Tarsha. Spy Family, directed by Chris George and Dallas Reed. And Tried Nine, directed by Marissa Lenti, Mike Haimoto, Amberly Connors, Damon Mills, and Natalie Von Sistine. So your winner for Dub of the Year is... Please do, please do not use your boobs to drum this time. I'm not using my titties! JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Directed by Courtney Sanford, Bill Millsap, and Tony Oliver. Congratulations to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. She's the raccoon! Yay! We had a JoJo sweep. JoJo did a goddamn sweep. JoJo's sweep! Except for the one category where it wasn't nominated. (laughs) Because technically not a returning show logistics um congratulations to jojo's bizarre adventure for winning the viewer's choice w award for dub of the year hell yeah uh (laughs) yay woo we're free not quite damn it we're almost there we're almost there hold your dang horses all right so uh those are all of the awards and our winners for the 2022 w awards uh but before we go um, as this is the third year, I believe the third year we're doing this, um, yeah. with, with the good happy times does come some sadness and solace, um, cause we have indeed lost many a industry person this year, um, which, which sucks, but... In, in in order to, in order to honor them, um, we have asked Jamal this year to do the in memoriam uh, for this year. So take it away, Jamal. Thank you, Steph. Good evening, one and all. All night long, you've been listening to us pay tribute to the W community, as well as many entertaining projects from the land of the rising sun and even further beyond. But now we'd like to take a moment and pay tribute to those we've lost in 2022. Each one of these people left their mark on the voiceover industry and although they may be gone, they're definitely not forgotten. We'd like to say goodbye to Cook Bailey, who 80s fans would know as Cap Counselor Kevin Ugly from Nickelodeon Shorts 
but anime fans will know it more as Tetsuya Kajiwara from Fushigi Yugi and Million Knives from the original Trigun. James Kahn, who movie fans would know as Sonny Corleone from The Godfather, but anime fans would have also heard him as the bamboo cutter in the tale of Princess Kaguya. Pat Carroll, who you've also heard as Ursula the Little Mermaid, she's also Granny in the Disney dub of My Neighbor Totoro. Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy was the voice of Batman since 1992, the animated voice of Batman. Jason David Frank. Without martial artists, he is Dr. Thomas Tommy Oliver in the Power Rangers franchise. What's a ranger, always a ranger, Mr. Frank. May the power protect you. Grant James. Who well, you've heard is Kido and Baki the Grappler. He's Tokyo in the movie How. He's Chef Zef in One Piece. He's also the llama shop owner at Space Dandy. Billy Kometz. Billy Kometz was taken from us too soon. You've heard him as Josuke Higashikata in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable. Gallo Timos in Promare. And Asmodeus Alice in the first couple seasons of Welcome to Steven School Air Bacoon. William Frederick Knight. Mr. Nice had a storied career, but you will most likely recognize him as Chief Daisuke Aramaki from the Ghost in the Shell franchise and Gordon Rosewater from the Big O. Michael Kopser, who, if you've ever grown up in the 90s watching Fox Kids, you might have seen him as Dr. X in Action Man, but he has done voiceover in anime as the narrator in Master Keaton and as Charles Aznable in the original Mobile Suit Gundam. Angela Lansbury, famous for her role as Jessica Fletcher in Murder, she wrote. She has done a bit of voice work, most notably as Mrs. Potts of Beauty and the Beast, reprising her role in Kingdom Hearts 2. Jan Rabson, who would most likely have heard as Larry Laffer from Leisure Suit Larry. But anime fans will also know him as Kuroku and Unico in the Island of Magic and Tetsuo Shiba, the streamlined dub of Akira. Michael Reynolds. Michael Reynolds. Again, if you grew up as a 90s kid watching Fox Kids, you would have heard him in many, as some Monsters of the Week in many iterations of Power Rangers, most notably Captain Mutiny in Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. But you would have also heard him as Jedi in Digimon Adventure and Digimon Adventure 2. And last but not least, Jim White. Beloved radio host, he was Marco Bellwood in Fairy Gone, and the second voice of Igneo from the second iteration of Fairy Tale onwards. We at Dub Talk would like to thank these people for their contribution to the voiceover industry. Our condolences go out to you and your family. May you all sleep in heavenly peace. Back to you, Steph. Thank you very much, Jamal. Um, and again, 
thank you to all the individuals uh, for your work, for your your your, your wonderful um, the joy you brought to your careers has will not be forgotten. Um, thank you for your service and rest in peace. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our, our hearts go out to all their family and friends. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. And on that note, it's always it's it's always weird going from the memoriam to trying to end this goddamn show. Um, but we're gonna do our best. Um, but that is everything for this year's Debbie Awards, ladies and gents. Um, if, we're free. If if you've made it to this far, to which this raw recording has been three and a half hours, how that happened, I don't fucking know. But here we are. Usually it's like four hours by this If point. you've made it three and a half hours, you are now legally obligated to get on your knees, hands in the air, mm-hmm. and scream to the Ahago crab. God damn it. <laughs> um, and then put a Ahago crab in the comments so that you can name our wheel decide. For next year. Yes. Yeah. I would just want, I would just like to say a few things before we sure. leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, support your translators. Mm-hmm. Yes. Support your writers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And union rights. Fuck yeah! Yeah. Damn Skippy. Fuck also, yeah. trans rights are human rights. Oh hell yeah! Let's go. Yes. Hell yes! I love these messages. Fuck yeah! Um, but thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for like. By the time we get all of the audio for, like, the Lifetime Unsung and Memoriam, it's probably going to be three hours, 45 minutes once editing happens. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and joining us for this year's Debbie Awards. We really appreciate it. And again, congratulations to all of our winners uh, for both the Dub Talk host winners for the Debbie Awards as well as the Viewer's Choice Debbie Awards. Um... If you will likely see all of the results on Twitter uh, in the coming days, uh, if you have not listened to this episode, but then again, here we are. Anyways, um, again, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, If, as we try to close this goddamn episode out, if you would like to continue to hang out with us and listen to our stupid hijinks and shenanigans, um, you can listen to anything we do here at Dub Talk um, by either subscribe, subscribing to our YouTube channel here, uh, if this is where you found it, or if you are currently listening to the W Awards episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Podbean. Uh, you can follow the Dub Talk podcast on those platforms, uh, and you would get new episodes every two weeks or so. Uh, in terms of other places where you can follow us, you can follow us on social, our social medias, those being Twitter, Instagram. We're trying to make a comeback here with it. Uh, Tumblr, we're also trying to make a comeback. They're not both not dead in a ditch. Um as well as you can come see us stream video games on our Twitch channel, all of which are going to be at DubTalk Podcast. Uh, if you want to support DubTalk in a completely different capacity, you can do so uh, through either one-time donations through our Kofi, or you can become a subscriber to our Patreon, uh, where patrons get early access to uh, audio versions of our episodes, exclusive clips, uh, as well as the chance to suggest episodes for us to cover. And of course, we have to thank our wonderful patrons uh, who help make this episode like this uh, humanly possible. So we have 
Megan's mom and dad. We have Michelle Travis, Julia W., Nico Robin, but with yaoi hands, Victor May Borda. And we also have Anthony Brown, Carly Lestikow, Crimson Echidna, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Marissa Lenti, and Otaku Anthony. Thank you guys so much for your support and your continued support. Um, as for whatever the fuck the four of us do here, um, <laughs> who knows on any given day. Give cat, we give cat, we give cats pants. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so, uh, my name is Stephanie. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. Um, I had a blog that's kind of dead. Uh, life and times of talking about wordpress.com because some of my old shit is up there um but i am also one of the dot talk hosts that tends to do streaming on twitch um at the time of this recording which this episode is going to come out a month after we recorded it oops a daisy um at the time of this recording you can catch andrew and i were streaming on sundays uh we just finished season one of batman the telltale series um i don't think we've decided at this point in time if we're going to go back for Enemy Within or if we're going to do something else, uh, you'll likely know before before this happens anyway. Um, as for Hardy, you can follow Hardy on Twitter at Spaceman Hardy. Uh, you can also see him lurking around on the Crunchyroll Discord every so often. And also Donkey Pants and Tifa and... Dox donkey pants and power wash power wash now yeah hardy hardy has become uh, a member of the power wash cult i need to pick up power wash i'm just waiting for it to get on sale <laughs> so that way i can buy it and then because i know hardy wants to stream it so bad but he's like i want to play it with someone um and also onyx cute little onyx yeah. yes he tried to break into our house today oh, let him oh, in baby. you monsters your baby. He's big baby. Let um, him in. <laughs> uh, as for Megan, you can follow her on Twitter at QueenEra2, uh, where she tends to shitpost. She also lurks around on the Crunchyroll Discord as well as the Our Anime Dubs Discord, if you ever want to say hello. I'm also, you can also sometimes find me on the Cartoon Cypher Discord as well. Aha. Uh -huh. And sometimes she streams on Twitch. It's been a hot minute. Since she last streamed on Twitch, I haven't been streaming on Twitch because I'm busy trying to fin. I'm busy trying to finish Endwalker. I fair. I will get back to ARR when I actually finished Endwalker. That that's fair. Uh, and as for Patrick, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Roots of Justice, uh, where he likes to give little conspiracy theories, tinfoil hat moments, and life as a Mena, as a fellow Mena. It's fin it's great. Um. You have a blog that's gathering dust as well, I believe. Mad God Review coming at some point. In the future, maybe. Um, as someone who hasn't written on their blog for a hot minute, I could kind of make that joke, I guess. Um, and you know what? Since Patrick is here, and I know you started to do a thing in the similar vein as Amon's Dusty Old Song... Patrick, will you, oh. will you do us the honor of giving us Patrick's cool thing of the day to round out the W Awards, please? Patrick's cool thing of the day. Uh, let's see. I know here. it put you what on the spot. I, I know it put you on the spot. You probably I... didn't expect to do this, but. 
what have I done recently that's a cool thing? Um, I watched Megan recently. Oh. Not this Megan, the <laughs> the one with the three in the title. It took me a second okay. to make that connection. I was like, "You watched?" I the I front? literally just turned and looked at. Oh my god! Holy There's a cocaine. Holy bear. shit! Cocaine bear. <laughs> anyway, so that is also a cool thing of the day, cocaine bear. But I haven't seen it yet, so I can't judge for sure. Andrew, wa- um, Andrew wants to go see cocaine bear. Oh God, I do too. But Megan is this hilarious, snarky horror film about an AI doll gone wrong. Oh, it's hilarious. Um, Oh, so it's that kind of bad, huh? It's actually not bad. It's not actually a bad film. It actually works as a film. Really? Huh. It is absolutely fun. Okay, interesting. Huh, I didn't think, I thought, I thought, I didn't think the premise would be interesting, but okay. No, it's, it is, I, I went into it expecting trash, and it is actually a blast. Huh, okay, good to know. Alright, well thank you for your cool thing of the day, my dude. Um, well, that's it for us, ladies and gents, we are done with the 2022 W Awards, thanks for sticking around with us for, uh, Almost four hours for our stupid bullshit. Um, and we I hope- want to know who's in the cocaine bears. <laughs> and uh, we will see you guys next year. So thanks for sticking around. And until next, Bye. Until next time. And for my first time with the OGs, Otaku on the Debas. Hell yeah. Keep it manly. Otaku on my friends. Thank you guys for watching or listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Good night, everyone. A uh, hey, go crab cummies. God. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you made it this far and if you heard the cursed thing, put that in the goddamn comments and then also give us the what we should name the goddamn wheel for next year before we forget. If you made it this far, please do that because I feel like the wheel aside has to be a thing from now on. Um, anyway, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.